All right, welcome back, Jack fans, to Pardon Me, Alex. Y'all, sports have returned, and it's almost right in the world. Almost. Not quite. Almost, but like in weird, weird fashion. 2020 does not disappoint. Y'all, I'm telling you what. I mean, at least we have some sports back. Like right now, the Astros are on the television, and I'm very happy. Um, and SFA is starting to play sports again, and I'm very happy. Um, we're going to go into a lot of stuff today because this is the very first all fall sport. Pardon me, Alex podcast. Obviously we will always be a basketball podcast. That's not going to change, but because 2020 is just absolute bananas, we figured why not give a little love to the other sports at SFA during this ridiculous, crazy time? I mean, might as well. Uh, yeah, right? So, before we get started, as per usual, we're going to do a quick life update. Um, get everybody up to speed on what's been going on in Jacqueline and I's lives since the past or since the last podcast, rather, there's just been a maybe a few changes, maybe a few updates. And so we wanted to get those done. So Jacqueline, all you, girl. Uh, in the words of Leslie Jordan, whale shit. <laughs> I know. Um, but really, what am I doing? But I'll tell you what I'm doing. Um, nothing at all exciting, but... Still working from home currently and loving it. We've been through this a million times, but long hashtag long-term goals for me to work remotely so I can be wherever I want to be. Um, goals for you. However, right now it's, it's, I, I am loving it, but it's, it's kind of like getting to stay home from school when you're a kid because you're sick. And so it's like, Ooh, you get to miss school. Exciting. But bummer you're just sitting at home sick and you can't do anything fun so it's like you know yeah. uh, working from home but there's there's not any exciting trips or exciting events or things that I'm yeah I feel like it'd be totally different if we were all working from home which of course I am too which I'll get into that on my turn but be different if we were working from home but also like having fun stuff to do like go on vacations or go on trips or do conferences or go on I mean even like work trips for God's or something you know but that's not happening exactly so it's just not as not as exciting it's a little bit of a buzzkill but anyway that's yeah um uh kind of same as last time cooking a lot working out a lot which I'm really liking both of those things a lot you know those are like two of my top five hobbies um all the cats. Um, I think I kind of talked about my crazy cat lady status last time, but just a recap. I've gone from one cat to three cats. In the household. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm like borderline crazy cat lady territory, but um, they're really cute, sweet little cats. Uh, I probably talked about the first one last time, but um, that was one I had kind of officially adopted at the time. Um Named him Scotty after Scotty Pippen from watching the the Last Dance documentary because uh, I don't know his demeanor just really reminds me of Scotty. He's a big blanky cat, but super just super docile, like pretty chill. Yeah, 
chill. He even looks like he'd have that that deep grainy voice, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly the Scotty voice you're talking. Yeah, Scotty Pippen, one hundred percent. I love Scotty Pippen's voice. Like I could just listen to him read all day. Anyway, um, the the other new one, newest one. Uh, initially, I I was called when I wasn't like gonna keep him. I was just feeding him. I was calling him Joe at first because uh, he's Tiger Stripe, and so Joe's got it. Um, but then when I was like, I'm actually going to keep this cat, like I, I like somewhat clever, thoughtful names for my pets. So I was like, eh, Joe's just not going to cut it. Going to have to come up with something a little more exciting. Um, so he looks exactly like the cat that Professor McGonagall transfigures into on Harry Potter. So his name is McGonagall. Yeah. Throw. Ah, right. Shout out to Harry Potter. Love it. Um, anyway, so. That's that with the cats, but they're they're super cute and funny and entertaining, except for when they sleep all day and then decide to fight and play all night and fight Oh god. <laughs> that I'm not pleased about. But anyway, we're working on it. Um will I ever wear real clothes again? I don't know. Um at this point I get up and work out in the morning. I no longer have to immediately shower and put on real clothing and makeup and fix my hair. So uh, I've kind of just been like doing the grunge life and living in workout clothing 24 seven. I mean, um, same. Let's I don't hate it. No, we'll see. I don't hate that. I don't hate this part of working from home, just everything else. And I know you're different, but shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I guess lastly, uh, I have been trying, I, I kind of, uh, mentioned this last time in my like personal development goals of reading more and branching out some more on my podcast. Cause of course y'all know I'm obsessed with my man, Michael Rapport, but, um, so I have kind of branched out some on my podcast. Um, still, I would recommend anyone, anyone, anyone. Uh, Alex laughs at me because even the other day we were at something and I was like, Hey, have you ever listened to Michael Rapport's podcast? Oh, no, like I- no, 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 You, we were at, we'll talk about it in a second, but we were at the dang barbecue big fellas thing for SFA alumni association and freaking Keller was there and she runs up to Keller and she's like, Hey, have you heard of the Michael Rapport podcast? I'm like, here we flip and go. <laughs> you have, I implore all of you to listen to him. If you have not, he's hilarious. Um, you know, anyway, I won't even get into all. Just listen to him. Yeah, we like, you've gone um, over this so many times, but like, yes, he is hilarious. You are right. Yes, he's quite a disruptor. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, that's what he calls himself. Because listen, some of his hot takes, some of them are right on the mark. Some of them I don't necessarily agree with, but like, he's just being a disruptor and saying what he thinks. So whatever. Right. Um. Okay, my aunt recommended to me, so this um, guy, Emmanuel Ocho, who played football for UT, and I don't know if he still currently plays in the NFL, but he did play in the NFL. Anyway, whatever. Um, He started a video series. You can follow him on Facebook. His video series is on YouTube, and it's called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Um, so my aunt and I were both kind of talking about different things we were trying to read to kind of get a better knowledge and understanding. Um, you know, obviously from the other side, since we are not black of all the things that are going on right now. Um, and she recommended this video series to me and it is 
so good. I encourage anybody to go um, watch it because it really is. It's just uncomfortable conversations with a black man that are the conversations that all of us need to be having. Uh, but a lot of us are just uncomfortable, don't want to talk about it. Um, but they're so, so good. And um, on one episode, he has Matthew McConaughey. Um, and anyway, he, he was a really good guest. And it, it's just very eye-opening, enlightening info um, that I think everybody should listen to and be more comfortable to talk about. So, yeah, I've anyway. seen Michael on uh, social media, so I'm familiar with I've I've seen I've seen the previews for that like on social media like somebody's shared it or posted it or tweeted it. Um, I haven't listened to it or watched it, but I've seen I know exactly what you're talking about, and I yeah I mean I've heard good things about that program. Short videos too, um, typically like around 12 minutes I think. So I mean it's not anything like you're not gonna have to devote a whole like hour or something for video. Um, right, it's pretty, right, pretty right. So they're really good. I recommend that. Um, I'm currently, I've been kind of, I was reading the Harry Potter books back through, which I mentioned last time and I already finished them. It's super easy to blow through those books. Now I'm on another book that is equally good, but it, you know, it's just Harry Potter is like, you just sit down and you get engrossed. You don't even realize how much you read. Right. But anyway, this book is called the first season and I thought I had it laying here so I could give y'all more info. But anyway, it was, it's about, and I saw someone post on Facebook about it like two years ago or something and went and ordered it online and I started reading it and then I got busy and just didn't finish it, but it's, it's a really good read. And I, so I'm trying to finish it now, but anyhow, it's the story about, um, gosh, now I'm going to forget the coach's name. Anyway, he was the coach, the coach for Canard boys basketball, high school basketball, the first year that Kennard integrated. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, it's a really, really interesting book because it was the guy's um, first season coaching. He was like fresh out of college. The first year they integrated. Um, so there's a lot of things going on and I think it's super relevant to what's, what all is going on right now. It's a really good story. Um, anyway, so look at more info on that. Cause it's, it's really good. Um, and then I did start listening to one new podcast called the amateur traveler podcast. I don't super love the guy who does it. I don't know why I just can't put my finger on it, but they're pretty good. I listened to the, I listened to an episode about, um, Istanbul and pretty much everything that he said to do there. I did. So I felt really good about my, uh, research and planning for my trip. My Google doc paid off, I guess. That's good. Pretty much everything he said to do. Um, And then I had noted this a while back, but I never listened to any of them. 30 for 30 has a podcast, um, which is pretty interesting. So they do, I guess, kind of more topics that aren't necessarily long enough to do like a two hour 30 for 30 on. They do like a little 30 minute podcast. Um, And actually, Michael Rappaport was the one who said on his podcast about an episode that he had listened to that's called the spy who signed me. And it's about Sue Bird and Diana Trossi who played for UConn and both played in the WNBA and about, I won't spoiler alert anything, but it's about them playing um, during the WNBA off season for a Russian team. It's so good. It's only like 30 minutes long. You should totally go listen to that. Um, so that's what all I've been doing. Yeah. You've been busy girl. I thought I was busy this week. You've been real busy. 
Um, so with me, a lot of the same as before, just like what Jacqueline had mentioned, I'm still working from home and I don't see any end in sight for that. I mean, they've even started talking about spring and how spring's most likely going to be all online as well. <sighs> Kill me. Cause we have to have the spring schedule for Angelina college out by like September or it is September. I'm sorry. My bad. By like the beginning of October. And so we have to turn that in by the end of September. I mean, so that's literally like a quick turnaround type thing. So, I mean, we kind of had to make the decision pretty quickly. And I say we, I mean, not me. I mean, the higher ups that are out of my pay bracket range. So, um, yeah, I looks like for spring, I'll be all online as well, which I'm not thrilled about. I'm continually not thrilled about it. Um, but there is one shimmer of hope in this whole shenanigan is the fact that I mentioned last time that I just, I just wanted and begged and pleaded just to be able to go to my office whenever I wanted to, to get out of the house and to grade. So I wouldn't have to grade on my desk at home with my small computer screen. And the Lords have blessed us with the ability to do that. So I can go to my office whenever I want. Um, I can go once a week. I can go never. I can go twice a week every day. I could go whenever I want. So thank God. Blessings. I mean, literally, I you can't see me right now, but I'm literally praising the Lord Jesus above. Um, so I'm very happy. Yeah, happy. <laughs> but once once I brought home my big screen to plug my laptop into and my work chair, yeah. I'm set. Like, I need to go back well, now. Yeah, I did the same thing at home, though. I, I literally brought a computer, not a computer, but a TV out of the spare bedroom and hooked it up on my desk to, like, do it here. But I just don't have the mental fortitude to sit in the same room as my couch and television set and not watch TV and sit on the couch and, like, relax. I need to have, like, what I have my setup right now is, like, great and all that, but I what I really eventually need when I move into a house house, like my house is a actual office with doors, when window walls where it's just my desk, you know what I mean? So it kind of mimics my work environment. So if I'm still working from home by next fall, which Jesus Lord, I hope not. Um, <laughs> I can actually have like a room that I can go into and shut the door and work. Um, because right now that TV and that couch are just way too enticing. So I don't have the strong will that you do to sit at my desk. And even though I had my big screen, my big computer screen, um, it just wasn't the same. It just didn't feel right. So I'm glad I can go to my office. Um, some other things that I've been doing have been since I'm at home all the time. And this kind of goes with another part of my, what I've been up to is I've been cooking a lot. I've been really trying to do better at cooking for myself and for my family at home and not going out to dinner as much. And that kind of goes with my next like update is the fact that I've determined and dedicated myself to go low carb slash kind of keto ish, more low carb. Um, and so far so good. It's going well. It sucks. Cause I really love pasta. I'm Italian for God's sakes. Um, but I have yeah. found pasta uh, substitutes that are really low carb. They kind of taste like dick, but <laughs> dad, dad doesn't like them. If you put sauce on it and eat it with other things, then honestly, to me, it doesn't taste any different. If you just eat it by itself, 
I, I see no difference. And I'm a big fan of Zoodles. I've become a good fan of Zoodles. I've been literally going around the gamut and trying every single low carb pasta and bread option. And I think I've found like the ones that I like. And so, because I just don't see myself never eating a piece of bread ever again in my life. I just, I would honestly would just rather get my foot chopped off. So (laughs) I mean, so I'm going to try and figure it out, but yeah, so I've been cooking a lot. If you follow me on Instagram or I mean, hell, even on Facebook, um, and Twitter, I guess all any, any social media, you'll see that I've been, um, cooking a lot. And if you ever see anything that I've been cooking and you want that, uh, you want the recipe for it, let me know. Cause I will definitely give it to you. And so I put next to myself, I always like hashtag at chef Alex. And it just, that sounds so stupid, but it just, I started doing it and now I just have to continue doing it. I've committed myself to that hashtag. So I have to keep <laughs> I have to keep posting it. And literally I put in parentheses next to that note. Who am I? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Putting I that hashtag is, I know you do. It's just so funny. I was like, oh my God, now I'm committed to this hashtag and I have to continue saying it. Anyway, um, I did take a day trip. Well, it was pretty much a day trip. It was like a 24 hour turnaround trip to Dallas for our friend Kate. Like her was her 26th birthday. And so I went to Dallas we didn't go out or do anything crazy. So all of you freaking out by me saying I went to Dallas, don't get your panties in a wad. I literally went to her house with like five or six other people and we sat outside all day in the sun. So zip it. Um, and we've done this like two or three times before. So this is nothing new. Um, been keeping up with some shows. I finished Lucifer. Well, what's on there what's on netflix i love lucifer and i just started supernatural like two days ago but i'm only like five episodes in because i keep getting distracted by work so <laughs> not going very fast or very far on supernatural and there's like a million seasons of that um but one thing that jacqueline and i have both been doing other than being reunited more often now through random events and stuff is we've been doing trivia almost weekly with our friends joey and matt and um, we've been having a pretty good time doing trivia because at the moment there's no for all of us to do trivia because all of the bars are closed. So virtual trivia. Yeah, yes, virtual, yes, virtual trivia. Don't get your panties in a twist, people. We've been doing this at home, at our own homes, over over the computer. So yeah, we've been playing trivia and it's been fun. I mean, it's honestly kind of I mean, it's, it's not the same as regular trivia, obviously, but it's still fun and exciting um, and interesting. So anyway, that's pretty it's, much. It's kind of yeah. a lot more work than regular trivia, obviously, because each of us makes up the questions for two rounds. Yeah. Um, and so also, we learned then, like pick what topics and you kind of get a little flavor of everybody's personality and the the topics that they pick for the rounds and stuff. Yeah. Like Jacqueline does a lot of travel and culture stuff, which is really interesting, even though she thinks her rounds are really hard, which they kind of are, but I learn a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I learn a lot. And so every time she's like, Oh, these are so hard. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, but like, it's cool because it's challenging. And I learn a lot about different historical or cultural or, you know, major cultures and things that I didn't already know before. I mean, I thought I was pretty cultured in a lot of stuff, but clearly I'm not. Um, And so, and then Matt, the hardest to me though, Matt does the hardest, the hardest freaking categories. 
I love you, Matt. If you're listening, I love you. But some of your categories are just so hard. I mean, they're so there's such deep dives into like very specific things that I'm never going to know. <laughs> interests are totally different. And so that's why I really have a hard time with the topics he chooses. Cause I'm like, okay, I just, I know nothing this round. Like I know I nothing. Don't know. Yeah. I think honestly on some of his rounds, I've honestly probably have gotten maybe two or three correct. And I was just, I just, just like lucked out with one of them because it was actually things that I knew because we have a few things in common in regards to like movies and things like that. But other than that, I was like, I have absolutely no clue. Anyway, so those are our life updates. Pretty fun. I mean, I guess pretty fun for us, but I mean, it kind of is feeling a little bit less restrictive and more kind of, again, like I said, almost back to normal because like sports are coming back slowly, even if it's a little bit weird, you know, we're able to hang out with our friends on a, kind of random basis and still see each other. So, I mean, things are slowly kind of becoming a little bit more normal, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes as I say this, but obviously there's still a lot of restrictions in place. And I mean, I would love to go sit at the brewery in Nacogdoches, but I can't because government, government, well, yeah, the government, because Governor Abbott just thinks that, you know, outside breweries are so, so, so not safe, but yet I can go sit at fuzzies in Nacogdoches with like 800 people. Yeah. And that's <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. No, it doesn't. Anywho. No. All right. So before we get started with football and sports and stuff, we wanted to give a quick little like plug and shout out to the SFA alumni association. Um, we've been working pretty hard with them to when I say we, I mean Jacqueline and I have been working hard with Sam and Amy at the Alumni Association to kind of create these little Jack Chat series um, with different episodes each time or different, you know, different topics each time on Facebook Live and live videos. So um, the first one, Jacqueline, we can she can tell you a little bit more about. I mean, we were both there, but. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, just to kind of like background info, as many of y'all know, I'm sure kind of, kind of the, I mean, the main point of the alumni association is to drive engagement. And so kind of our main shtick for that is to have different events to get people involved in and engage with and bring right. awareness of the association. Well, we can't do a, your normal, typical standard event right now. Um, so we kind of had to be innovative and try to think of something else to still keep people engaged and have some type of event type feeling, but not have a bunch of people in one spot. So essentially, you know, um, Sam and Amy kind of worked on the idea for Jack chat and got Alex and I to help kind of, um, you know, brainstorm these different ideas and come up with things. And so basically just keep watching their Facebook page because, um, we've kind of set up a little bit of a calendar. And so pretty much I would say every week, almost we have at least one. Yeah. At least from now till like beginning of October or so there's at least one each week. Um, I mean, so far we already had two. And so that first one was the barbecue episode. With, yeah. So Thursday yeah. or Labor Day weekend was national baby back rib day. Um, and of course Labor Day weekend, you know, normally grill out and do a bunch of stuff. So Brendan's barbecue, Brendan, and then big fellows barbecue, which is Seville. Um, Brendan and Seville are both SFA alumni. So 
we did a little event at Brendan's new place and Seville brought his truck um, and they both did just different little tips and show you how they make their ribs and different things that they make. Um, and of course, Craig was kind of the, the host. Um, and even though these are like I've said on my Facebook, even though these are Facebook live events, if you don't catch it right when it's filmed live, it's still going to be on the timeline. So you can go back and watch it whenever you want. Um, so go back and watch them because they're, they're really good. So anyway, we had that hour long one, Alex and I went to kind of help behind the scenes, um, which really, I, I feel like, or at least for me, I kind of, it was more moral support. We didn't really have to do anything because they had everything yeah. together, but, um, right. you know, it was a fun. So we really wanted to show support and go. There weren't, there were like 10 of us there. It was not like some big crowd. Um, but we got to eat some really good barbecue and sort of watch them film. And then of course, Keller and Kellogg both came to be special guests. So that was neat. Um, so we got to talk to them a little bit. <clears throat> so you can go watch that one. And then this week on Tuesday, they did one with Amy Sanford. Um, also an SFA alum who owns morning glory yoga in Nacogdoches. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love her just because I took a class from her in college, obviously. Um, cause I'm one of those goofballs who decided like, you know, normal athletic credit for my undergrad degree, you know, Oh, like maybe I should go do tennis or maybe I should go do, um, you know, whatever. There's like a thousand other like athletic, you know, uh, electives you can take. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to go do yoga and bowling. So, um, so I took a, yeah, so I took a yoga class with Amy when she was teaching. I don't know if she's still teaching it at SFA or not, possibly. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but when she was, I was, I was like 2009, 2010, maybe it was like either a sophomore or junior. And, um, man, that was like the best class. That was the most relaxing class period, 45 minutes to an hour of my absolute life. And it was like the perfect time to, because it was like right after it was like right before lunch. So I could go and like do yoga for, you know, the allotted time and then go and have like a good lunch. And so it was like perfect. And like I said, I was in that class with probably like five or 10 football players because it was in the spring. And so it was like, try and stay limber, et cetera, et cetera. And I was actually in there with one of my good friends from high school who was a football player at the time at SFA and we just, we had the best time. It was great. My favorite day was yoga sleep day, which was when you literally just laid there on the yoga mat and slept while, while yeah. she walked around. Yeah. While she walked around and said like positive, motivational, comforting things with all the lights off. And when I tell you that like half the class fell asleep, like legitimately half the class fell asleep. It was great. Oh, I would for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Passed out, passed out. Coming up, the newest episode will be on Sunday. So listen, Linda. Okay, Alex, not even aware of this little gym until we started planning and talking about these things. But uh, an SFA alum, Brady Smith, is married to freaking Kelly Kapowski. Y'all. Say by the bell. I mean, for real. Okay, so Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who plays Kelly Kapowski on Save the Elf, married an SFA alum, Brady Smith, and they co-wrote a children's book. So on Sunday, our newest one is going to be them reading their children's book. I cannot wait. So, even if you don't have 
Christmas and you're not into it, like Kelly Kapowski, tune in. I'm still going to watch it. Like, I'm still going to, I don't care. Like, I'm still going to watch it because it's freaking Kelly Kapowski. And just because, like, I kind of have to play this. Um, even though I just got to play it. I just got to play it. By the time I get my books and I get myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right, because I'm saved by the bell. Y'all, I watch this freaking show every morning. Me too. Me too. Oh every my gosh. Morning. So when I say that when I when we were told during our preliminary like planning meetings for all these days and all these different events with Amy and Sam, because it's just us four, when they said Brady Smith's wife, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I'm sitting here. I'm like, why does that name sound fucking familiar? Like, what? And then literally they said, oh, no, no, you know, like Kelly Kapowski from Save La Belle. I was like, what? I fangirled so hard. I was like, no, what? I saw it on the notes and I knew who it was. And I literally was like, oh, that must be wrong. Like, I don't know how that got on there. Like that, there's no SFA connection there. Like skimmed on and kept going. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so regardless, guys, you know, these events are really, I mean, they've put a lot of time and effort into them. I mean, Jacqueline and I, I, I honestly, we can take zero credit except for just us using our brains to like help them, you know, think of names and things for stuff. But honestly, Amy and Sam have done all the legwork to get all these people together. And these, I mean, they spent a lot of time on these events. And so even though we can't do physical in-person events, this is the next best thing. And so there's a lot of them to come up. That's just a taste of what's um, to, what's ahead, and there's even more coming up. So just just wait. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right. So actually, let's talk about sports. The first thing we kind of wanted to discuss was uh, the football. Not necessarily the game, but the major kind of thing that happened at the game. So during the game, there was a moment after the – um, Lumberjacks first touchdown, which we literally went right down the field and scored on the very first drive. And I was like, holy shit, let's go. Anyway, that moment, finally, that moment kind of was fleeting, but anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, but anyway, so after that, the Jacks came and we're going to do their kickoff as you would do after a touchdown. And so, um, instead of kicking off the ball, they all took a knee and so did the UTEMP players. And so they took that knee for a purpose. And we'll talk about that purpose in a moment. Um, But what they did was they took that knee, they ended up getting a delay of game penalty. And then the UTEMP coach obviously declined it out of like a show of sportsmanship, which was, you know, obviously appropriate for that moment. Um, And then they got the delay, they got the yardage back and then they went and kicked the ball. And that was the end of it. And that was the end of it. Um, I mean, do you want to read the statement or do you want to just? Yeah, I'll read it. Um, okay, go ahead. go ahead. Okay, so this this is just exactly what they released afterwards explaining what yeah, and why you they this, were. You can read this on any social media platform. Like, we're not making this up. This is literally what the football team posted. So, yeah. Like, the official statement. We are student athletes who love, respect, and are proud of SFA. We represent our beloved school and want SFA to be proud of us. Unfortunately, there are those among us that have experienced hate, racism, and discrimination. We can't escape these issues just because we are student athletes. 
Our message on Saturday was about more than football. It was about an opportunity to begin real conversations to help bring meaningful change. Our message was and is simply about equality and unity. It is not about politics, the right, the left, or any specific group. And it certainly wasn't an action to disrespect our school, community, or country. It was simply about our desire for all of us to be better. In asking for others to be better, we too are making strides to be better. We are fully aware that our actions may not have been popular with some, but we stand committed to be ready and available to engage all groups, opinions, and ideals. This is about unity and equality for all of us. Drop yes. the mic. I could have written it better myself. I mean, yeah, and it was it was it was a good moment. And obviously Jacqueline and I have we have similar, you know, opinions about it. Um I will go over we'll go over our each of our opinions about it. But I mean, it pretty much sums it up right there that it was just it was more it was more than football in that moment. Um and you know, Jacqueline can talk about her side of it first and then I'll, I can kind of talk about mine. Then we can move on from it because we don't want to spend the entire time talking about this, even though we could. So, go yeah. Ahead. OK, so really quickly, though, I want to do a, ch- a time check on this segment before. I oh, yeah. Start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're good. We're good. You can we can okay. talk about this and take our break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent because this is probably not what y'all are here for, but oh my gosh, my cat is like, I have my hair braided and he is fighting with it. Um, anyway, y'all the nut house that I live in here. Okay. Anyway, so I have a few points I'll try to make very brief. It is not about politics and I'm so glad that they said that it shouldn't have to be said. But honestly, this is all about civil rights. And if you look that up, that's just rights of citizens to have social freedom and equality. Like this is not about politics. It's just about like I I would love to quote the and I've, I've done a post on Facebook about this before. I rarely post about politics. But a few years ago when we had a bunch of hoopla through the country like this, I posted the um uh the Will Ferrell piece from what's that? What's that stupid basketball movie? Um, oh, um, Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. No, no, it's not Tropic. Oh my God, no, no. Hold on, keep, keep talking. Tropic. I'll think of it. Semi-pro, semi-pro, semi-pro. Yeah, but the but their team name was like Tropic something. The the Flint Tropics. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I'm cross. But anyhow, everybody love everybody. That's all we're trying. Okay. Anyway, it's, it's not about politics. I mean, that's true. That's true. And you're not wrong. They purposely did not deal. I can't even talk. They purposely did not kneel during the anthem since people have gotten all up in arms about that. However, I very, very quickly want to say, and I know a lot of people have the narrative in their mind that kneeling during the anthem is disrespectful to the flag or disrespectful to veterans. And I think a lot of people think that I, if you do think that I don't want anyone to get that misconstrued. Any of the people who do it are not doing it to disrespect the flag or to disrespect veterans. Um, so please try to like reframe that um, because definitely I, I, almost every one of my family's been in the military at some point in time. So I'm not disparaging veterans at all, um, but they fight for our freedom to have our first, amendment right of freedom of speech and if we 
disagree with something that's happening in our country. We don't live in a communist country. We live in a free country. We can freely say, I don't agree with the way things are going. And that that's not disrespecting anyone. It's just saying what you have the right to say. Um, but quickly, a few things I want to say about kneeling during the anthem. So first of all, and I, I looked, I fact checked all this stuff today because I was curious about some of it myself and I don't want to continue on in any mind frame of preconceived notions that I've had because that's what continues to fuel these problems is people not going and looking up stuff and trying to be open to maybe a different narrative than what they think. Um, Anyway, prior to 2009, and I'm only speaking on the NFL on this because that's what I looked up because that's where most of it started um, for in our minds. But prior to 2009, it wasn't even standard for NFL players to come out for the anthem. So that's new that they've been on the field during the anthem. Um, but protests during the playing of the anthem have not just started in 2016 when Cap started doing it. Literally, they have occurred since at least the 1890s. So over the course of time, there have been protests during the playing of the anthem for many different causes, including civil rights, anti-war, anti-nationalism, religious reservations. Jehovah's Witness, I think, don't stand during the um, anthem. I mean, there's been a lot of reasons. In the 60s, it was protests of the Vietnam War. Um, also in the 60s, protests for civil rights. Um, there have been a lot of people refused to stand during the anthem just to show that they don't uh, they don't agree that the way things are going in America exemplify what they feel America should be. So it's actually an asking to do better, not saying anything disparaging, you know, um, right. one super interesting thing that I saw was in 1990. Um, I'm sure some of y'all are familiar with the name, but might not know who she is. Sinead O'Connor, an Irish pop singer. Um, so she said, basically that she wasn't going to perform if they play the national anthem at the beginning of her performance um, in New Jersey. And she said, I sincerely harbor no disrespect for America or Americans, but I have a policy of not having any national anthems played before my concerts in any country, including my own, because they have nothing to do with music in general. Um, I am concerned though, because today we're seeing other artists arrested at their own concerts, blah, 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 because of not playing the anthem. Um, so I, I just think that's super interesting um, that it's like you can't win because people want to say, well, politics, even though it's not about politics, shouldn't have anything to do with sports, but then or with, you know, with entertainers or whatever. But then you're going to mandate that someone who's not even from our country play our country's anthem at the beginning of their concert. Like, that's just weird. I've literally know. never been to a concert where they've done that before. That's weird. I guess they I guess they used to. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's one of those things you, you can't win. Either you separate it or well, you have it in, in either way. It's a problem. Um, yeah. But my I mean, I feel like that's normal for everybody, though. I mean, in, in every instance, like there's going to be someone who doesn't agree with you or with your opinion, regardless. I mean, and there's going to be people who disagree with what we're saying right now. And that's fine. And, you know, and that's fine. Like, I don't agree yeah. with a lot of things that my friends think all the time, but it's not always about that. Like, you know, 
I'd rather be friends with you rather than argue all the time about stuff that honestly is trivial in my life. Like I could care less, you know, like I'd rather, I'd rather talk about, you know, be being with people and being friends with people and, you know, our values and our beliefs and stuff rather than sit there and argue about things that, you know, don't really have any effect on how I see each, you know, my friends, like it's, nobody's going to agree on everything anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll wrap up my last few little points. Cause I, I had written out several, but, you know, I'm not yeah. going to go into all. I know. And I, and I know you have like a lot of opinions about this. I mean, and I have a quick opinion as well. I mean, I'm not going to go in long detail um, either, but you know, um, yeah, because we do need to probably take a break in a second. But yeah, go ahead. So just for most basic thing is I, I feel like at this point, if you have because I, I saw a lot of really hateful comments in response to this statement that the football team made. Um, and I think at this point, if you have a problem with the peaceful protests, you you don't have a problem with the protest. You have a problem with the issue you're protesting. So you need to look inside yourself and kind of rethink that because I feel like a lot of people I've seen made some make some really disparaging and hateful comments um, or people who say they're Christian. So maybe you need to go find your WWJD bracelet because I think you forgot what Jesus <laughs> Damn. Uh, because these comments are not what Jesus would do. I'm just saying, like, let's just try to love everybody and understand that someone else's experience might be different and yeah, maybe try to understand it and get to a middle ground, you know, um, instead yeah. of making hate comments about stuff that you don't understand. That's what, that's what gets me so, so bothered. And the last one is I saw, I saw this tweet that I was like, that is just drop the mic. Like that is it because people, I just, people get so upset about the peaceful protest during the anthem because you're supposed to stand up, but then our government's telling us to wear masks to protect other people's safety and you can't comply with that. So you know, these people who are saying, oh, well, stop wearing the masks, you know, protest and show your freedom. But yet people don't stand for the anthem and that protest is a problem for you. I just it's a little well, hypocritical. Well, it is hypocritical. And I don't necessarily understand that. And I'll just kind of quickly if you're I didn't. Are you it was, was that the last one? I didn't want to. Yeah, that's the last point that I'll make. Up. <laughs> OK, OK. Good. I mean, we can always have another podcast that goes over more of this, but we, OK. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Jacqueline's point of view is just a, like a smidge different from mine. Mine has like altered and changed over the years when it comes to this stuff. Um, so, like my original take, whenever the whole kneeling during the anthem thing started, whenever Cap first did it, um, my personal opinion was I was super against it. And I'll tell you why. Because originally I was under the impression that he was doing it as a, with this without knowing anything else. He was basically doing it, like Jacqueline says, like as a slight to the flag and not really respecting it. And because I was always taught you stand for the flag, you stand for the anthem, you stand for the country, you support the military, all that stuff. And I was under the impression that what he was doing was going against all of that stuff. And you may still believe that that's true. I mean, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to believe. And I'm not going to, that's not my job. I'm not here to do that. I don't do that for my students and I'm not going to do that for you. Um, and so anyway, you know, what Jacqueline was right. Like the reason being, I don't understand why they come out before the anthem anyway. Usually they would stay in the locker room. So it was like quick fix is just, 
have everybody stay in their locker rooms while the anthem is playing and then come out so that this isn't even a freaking issue. Um, and people don't get all hot and bothered about it. Why that's even, why the people even do that anyway, I don't understand. Like just play the anthem and have the teams come out. I don't get it. Um, so if you want to stand up in the, in the crowd and stand for the anthem, great. And if you want to sit down, great. I mean, I've always been a huge proponent of you have like your own choices and your own civil rights and you can do whatever you want, you know, I've, you know, becoming more and more a believer in, you know, again, everybody has their own, their own beliefs and their own belief systems. And there's going to be people that have way vastly different beliefs than you. And that's okay. Even if you may not think that that's okay. And it may to you seem extremely wrong. That's how they were raised. And it may be wrong in your eyes, but in their eyes, that's, it's right. And that's how it's always going to be though. I mean, there is going to be no point in history or in the future where everyone is going to believe the same thing. This is not going to happen. It's not. And so once you stop thinking that everybody's going to get on the same fucking page, you might, you know, get less gray hair because it's just not going to happen. It, it never will. As long as there's a two party system in politics and a lot of people don't like to make this political, but I mean, sometimes politics is brought into it, even if it should stay out of it, it's still brought into it. Um, Again, I've always had the belief that you have the right to peacefully protest. 100% agree. You can peacefully protest to your heart's content. And if this is the way you want to do it, then fine. If this is how you want to do it, great. Be my guest. Do it. As long as it's done tastefully and with respect to everybody, you know, and if it's done, you know, if your peaceful protest, quote unquote, is burning shit down, then I'm not for that. That's not me. No, i no matter what you may think, that's not me. I can't, I can't support that. But what I can't support is what the Lumberjacks did. I think what they did was fantastic. They did it at the right time. They did it when they had something to lose, which was yardage and points, you know, potentially, um, which was great. It had nothing to do with the military. It had everything to do with just equality for everybody that was on the field. I, like I said, I have absolutely no issue with what they did. All the people that had issues with it, they can honestly just, they, I don't even know what to say that doesn't sound like a fucking insult. So I because I probably would be it probably would be insulting, whatever I said. So I, I mean, mean if they're that bothered by what the program stands for, then they cannot support the program and that can be their well, my thing. I think my main problem with it that is that most of the people that had issues with it weren't weren't even lumberjack fans or even knew SFA had a football team or what SFA was, who was commenting. You know, they have, they've never even watched an SFA game or even knew where the hell SFA was located before. And they're making comments beneath it, you know, and again, like you're going to have the extremes on both sides of the coin who are just totally up in arms about regardless of what people do. If SFA didn't do anything on the field, didn't do anything, kneeled or did anything, people are going to be upset that no one made a stand and did anything. And then if the fact that they did do something, there are people that are going to be upset about that. Like there's, you're never going to make one single group happy. It's just never going to happen. It's never, never, it's never going to happen. And there's always going to be naysayers and there's always going to be people who are against what you say and what you believe in. I mean, everybody has a voice, whether you voice it or not, you do. And I mean, again, we live in America. It's, I mean, some people may disagree right now, but I still think that we are in the, literally the greatest country in the world and you have the opportunities to do whatever you want to do if you actually put effort into it and try. So 
you know, you we're in this country and you can say and do what you want. And we have that freedom to do that. And if you feel like you need to kneel down during a kickoff because you feel that you're not equal, then great, do it. Like <laughs> that, I'm cool with that. Like that didn't bother me one bit. If it bothered you, then maybe, I don't know, don't watch football anymore because I guarantee it's not going to end. <laughs> you know? Right. It's not, it's not going to just stop because you don't like it. And it, that's, it's whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in SFA, the football team communicated with UTEMP before all of that. They contacted them before the game even started and said they wanted to do that. And all the coaches and everybody was, you know, on board with it. And UTEP was on board with it. And everybody, everybody, both teams did it. So it wasn't like they just sprung it on everybody and it was confusing. Like it was something that it was communicated prior to the game even starting, you know. So that also helped with it not being kind of like a cluster and everybody's like, Oh, what's going on? You know, it was, yeah. Cause I could foresee that being an issue. That would maybe be the only thing I'd be like, Ooh, Oh God. You know, cause if they wouldn't have said they were doing that and then everybody was confused, that would have probably caused it, the, the message to not be as strong, I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, and like I said, this is the last thing I'll say on it and we'll take a break and we'll get started with everything else. But I mean, if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to like it. You know, there was a point in time where I wasn't for the whole kneeling during the anthem thing. And sometimes, yes, I still feel uncomfortable when people do just because it's been drilled in my head that you stand no matter what. But honestly, if you feel like you need to kneel down, then go for it. I mean, I'm I'm not going to literally sit here and, and not watch baseball or football or basketball anymore just because people are kneeling during the anthem fine, do whatever you want to do. Like, it's not going to change my opinion of you or the team. It's, I mean, it's not. So anywho, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we will actually talk more sports, not just football. Stick around. Okay, Jack fans, we're back. Okay, so now we're going to get started on sports stuff, other sports stuff other than basketball, and we'll swing back to football, but then we will do some basketball towards the end. So if you're here for just basketball, like, hang on, whole hang on, we will be there, we will get there. So let's uh, put all the serious stuff aside and <laughs> talk about sports. I mean, we're going to talk about all different types of sports, not just basketball. This is like a whole new thing for us, but we did our research and I mean and I'm a huge football person anyway so when we get to football like I'm gonna freaking go off about it so just buckle in for that but um a few updates for basketball not for basketball I see I'm used to saying basketball (laughs) (laughs) updates for sports stuff uh the first thing we kind of wanted to touch on is this Jeremy Darlow partnership now if you've are under a rock or don't get SFA athletics updates or posts or emails or anything, then you're probably like, what is a Jeremy Darlow partner partnership? What the heck is this? What are we even talking about? What are we talking about? Jacqueline? What is this? Um, so, and I had to do a little bit of research on this myself when they first posted about it. Cause I had oh, no idea. I heard it. I, yeah. Either, but, um, so here was Ryan, Ryan Ivy's, uh, statement on it. This collaboration will provide our student athletes with real life practical information that will help them set up for their future success by having the opportunity to partner with the leader on brand management. So basically this guy um, 
we're going to be the first Southland Conference institution to partner with this guy. But um, basically, he partners with pretty much every big school there is, like Notre Dame, Michigan, UCLA. Um, he's partnered with athletes such as Aaron Rodgers, um, wow. celebrities. Just and so basically what he does is he gives an online course that has short, easy to understand video based lessons um, that teach these student athletes fundamentals on brand development and communication. So it, it kind of just helps them build a brand of their own, um, not only just with what they do in sports, but, you know, going forward in anything that they decide to do in life, um, which is, I mean, I've been not to go on a whole other tangent, but I did my thesis basically on kind of like college uh, athletics and it was based, it was more anyway, various things that athletes don't necessarily get the support on that they need that could help them later in life um, was one pinnacle of it. And so I think this is a really good first step to kind of help them realize that they can, you know, some of them obviously might not go on to play any um, professional sports, but they may right. play on some type of club team or they may go on to want to give lessons in whatever sport or they might they might use their, their sporting ability to make some kind of business of their own. Um, regardless, they're going to do something professionally in life. So this is just a really helpful way to teach them how to communicate and brand themselves to, to have further success beyond the, the sports arena. I mean, what a huge partnership. Like, I feel like this is going to be, I mean, just so beneficial for our student athletes to help them, um, you know, with their brand development and really kind of helping them move on to that next level, you know, type thing. So there's a lot of people that made comments and stuff about this on their official kind of announcement and stuff. If you scrolled or read through anything, I mean, there were quotes from pretty much every single head coach. I mean, Kyle Keller said, Jeremy Darlow is one of the leading brand consultants that builds a program specifically for athletics on the collegiate and professional level. This truly is a slam dunk. I love the basketball reference there. As we continue to elevate our own program, I am so excited to see the impacts as our student athletes build their brand. I mean, Again, props on the basketball re reference there, Keller. Um, Cardina said something. You know, Humphrey said something. Softball head coach uh, Nicole Dixon said something. So, I mean, pretty much all the head coaches were just ranting and raving about all of it. So, huge, huge get. Huge get. So, that's one update. The next update is we're going to talk about the Athletics Facebook Live thing. So, it was a... Um, little Facebook live they did yesterday afternoon around noonish, And I'm trying to remember what they called it. Was it like chat? Uh, with the Jacks? The, yeah. Chat with the Jacks. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was really cool. And I hope they continue doing that just because um, it was really interesting to hear from each of the coaches that were in season um, just to kind of get like a quick update on what all is going on in their, in their sport currently. Um, so total they had, Four different coaches. They had uh, cross country with Cody Clark. They had uh, soccer, Tony Minetta. They had a uh, course volleyball with the GOAT, Debbie Humphreys, and then um, Coach Carthel. So to start off with cross country, um, kind of like the main thing with cross country, 
obviously with cross country, I mean, there's going to be some social distancing anyway, because you're running outside, literally outside, (laughs) but they are having difficulty, you know, having difficulty finding people to actually come to NAC or to go and actually have meets because a lot of the schools aren't doing any athletics at the moment. So just trying to figure that stuff out. I know that they recently had a, I don't know if it was this past weekend, I believe it was, it was a meet versus Jacksonville college. Um, and they actually ran here in NAC at Pecan park, which I think is just great. (laughs) Um, so it says on he was uh, Coach Carks basically said the Jacks easily outran Jacksonville College, winning the men's race sixteen forty seven and the women's races by a fifteen fifty score. I don't know a lot about cross country. When I was in when I was in high school, I was in track and field. I have literally nothing to do with cross country. I stayed away as much as I could with the running part of it. So I'm not hundred percent sure what that 1647 and the 1550 is I mean it's a score but I'm not sure what that meant yeah I didn't understand that either I guess it's like a golf score where the lower is better I don't know I would I would assume so I'm not sure but we're just gonna go with that um I I didn't but I was confused as well right okay good I'm glad I'm not the only one so the other thing he kind of mentioned during and I don't know if Jacqueline um if you can kind of verify this, but he said that they're, they're basically doing a lot of like inner squad stuff. Um, you know, a lot of inner squad timing and things. So if they, like, if they compete against each other, they're not really concerned about times. They're concerned about like places, um, you know, like first place, second place, third place. Um, but there is an upcoming Oklahoma state meet next month. Hopefully fingers crossed. Um, not He wasn't sure how many schools were actually going to be there, but they, he knows they're going. And so, Hopefully they'll be able to get some good times in versus the teams and the the runners that attend that. Um, Cause you know, obviously since it's just them running against like one other team or them running against each other, it's really hard to like get a grasp and get a kind of like a gauge on how you're doing uh, compared to, you know, other people just because you're not really getting in those good runs and those good times with different people like you're really just running against your teammates for the most part which you probably do all the time in practice you know so yeah I'm sure that's hard I'm sure it's difficult just because trying to schedule stuff for cross country but I would figure out of all the sports that cross country would have plenty of people to run against because again you're outside you're running you're literally not I mean you're not bunched up and, and packed up like on a track or on a football field. I mean, you're, you're literally spaced out. You know what I mean? Like you're spaced yeah. out cross country running, who knows, whatever. Not my circus, not my monkeys. So I just, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next one was soccer. Uh, I know Jacqueline and I, we both kind of did a little bit of research over the soccer stuff with Tony. It's Tony's first year as head coach. I believe he came from, Oh, bugger. Iowa? No. It was a big Ten uh, school. It might have been Iowa State. Hold on. Let me look really quick. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was a Big Ten school. Um, Like, that was his previous coaching position. I'm not sure if, like, he left them to come here. Because that's kind of like yeah, that. Iowa State. You were correct. Where was he from? Iowa State. You were correct. Yes. Well, Iowa and Iowa State, those are two different things. So I was half right. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> okay. But anyway, so his first, his first year as head coach, uh, he replaced Wally, Wally Ball. Um, and so, so far he has one win, no losses, and one pie, which is pretty darn good. Um, he, he did mention, it was kind of funny, he said that in – I forget how many games he's played that have gone to overtime. He's only ever had like one or two actual victories. And so this was like one of them. And so he's had like 80 plus games going to overtime or something like that. Or I, that might've been the wrong number, but he's had a ton of games going to OT and soccer and he's only won a few of them. So he was happy to get a, a overtime win in his first game at, at SFA. So I thought that was pretty funny, um, which, which was the big win versus Texas state which we won two to two to one. It was in two overtimes, which if you are any sort of a soccer fan, you know that that is a long, long game, (laughs) long game. Hella long. long. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like soccer, I know a lot of people don't give soccer credit. I don't know why, but I think soccer is one of the, almost one of the hardest sports to play. And I'll tell you why, because your endurance and your stamina has to be, bar none. I mean, you are literally running nonstop for 45 minutes, nonstop. Like there's no stoppage. There's no called stoppage, stoppage time at the end of a half or at the end of the game. But that has literally, like you're not stopping the entire time. Like you may kind of like slow down to a, to a jog, but you're never stopping running. I mean, and you can literally run full ass speed from one end of the pitch to the other end of the pitch. And just as a reminder, soccer fields are bigger than football fields. I just want to remind you of that. So, I mean, they're running a hundred plus yards full out. Sometimes. I, think bigger. I think it's a little bit bigger than a football field. Like with wise. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, well, hold on. Well, you're talking about length, and I didn't. Think so. anyway, Not necessarily length, on. but I mean, like, it's bigger. Like, I'm pretty sure it's bigger width wise. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be just making shit up. But I'm pretty sure it's just a little bit bigger than a football field. What is this? Oh, I was like looking at a tweet. I'm gonna kick cat fans. You know, cat fans on Twitter, catfans.com. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna find out who runs that Twitter account and go <laughs> and NTP their house because they're. They're kick, they're kicking, they're killing me right now. They're killing me. Anyway, but regardless of how big this, I mean, it's it's a hard sport. It is really hard. You're running constantly, like all the time. And if the and if the darn soccer field, oh, I'm sorry, the darn soccer field is smaller than a football field. I freaking apologize, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's. I'm pretty sure it's if not the same size, but bigger. Um, a lot of running. Um, so yeah, then uh, Humphrey talked about volleyball. Um, yes. Basically, oh, they have a- uh, back to soccer real fast. Sorry, their next their next game is versus UL Lafayette, which is away. That's on September thirteenth at one o'clock, and then the next home game is actually versus UCA on September twentieth. So, if you do want to go to a home game at the soccer field at SFA, you can go. They do have limited amount of single game day tickets, but you have to buy a ticket prior to entering. And of course you have to, which we'll talk about the uh, game day guides and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe by September 20th, we'll have that 
cool friend that we were promised. Oh, God, don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, two of my neighbors work for KLTV here in Tyler, and they both had to work on Monday. And I was like, oh, that sucks, you'll have to work. And they were like, yeah, and we're up here at the station getting complaints from all these people who are so unhappy that the cool friend isn't coming through. Um, anyways, you know, like they control that. But uh, anyhow, okay, so volleyball um, with Hump. So they are one and one right now. Um, so basically they have a super um, young team. They have three to four freshmen on the court at one time. Um, so she was saying, and again, it depends on how much you know about volleyball, but their outside, middle, and their setter are all freshmen um, that start. So yeah, basically – you know, she was just saying that she's pleased with their start so far because they won the, the first game on Friday and then they lost on Saturday. Um, but it's just a growing process because they're a super young group. Um, and she was just saying right now they're kind of taking it one week at a time. Um, but this weekend they're hosting again. And so basically the opportunity for four matches over two days against ULM, Lamar, and HBU. Um, and then she was just cracking me up because she was saying um, – how much she hates wearing the mask during the game just because, um, and you know, with her, especially cause in volleyball, you know, it's, it's a much smaller space. And so she's always, you know, if you go to any of the games you see, she's always holding up her little binder to like cover her mouth where the other team can't see what she's saying. Right. Um, yeah. when she's like or whatnot. And so she was like, you know, it just makes it very hard for the players to know what I'm saying when they can't see my lips and it's super loud and um, oh, she was definitely. like, I can't. and so I was, I was thinking in my mind, I was like, she needs the little clear shield like um, Carthol's been wearing in the football games. Um, so they can still, you know, see her mouth, but she's shielded. And uh, it was, she did make me laugh because I totally understand this and it, it doesn't make any sense. But she was like, I don't know why I can't explain it. But whenever I have the mask on, she was like, I automatically feel like I'm deaf and I can't hear what anyone else is saying. It was like, <laughs> Having your mouth covered doesn't in any way affect you hearing other people, but I totally get it because I feel like I'm the same way. Like I'll have it on, and then I'm, all of a sudden I'm like, "What? What? What did you say?" Can't hear anything. Um, yeah. So it's not not connected at all, but it feels like it is. Um, I know. Okay. Quick quick point. I looked it up. If you if we're talking about a typical soccer field. A typical typical soccer field is can be anywhere from a hundred yards long and fifty yards wide to one hundred and thirty yards long and a hundred yards wide. A typical soccer field is around one hundred and twenty yards long and eighty yards wide. An NFL field is typically one hundred and twenty yards long, um, hundred yards, and then for the playing field, and then ten yards for each end zone. But I really don't count the end zones because I mean not really running and I mean you run to it you don't run it through it yeah and then 53 and a half and one third yards wide so a hundred percent soccer fields can be and are bigger <laughs> well all right yeah. Learn okay well there you go I wanted to fact check fact check okay <laughs> so let's move on to football Holy okay so since I'm not going to have a lot to say during this, I, I want to make my first funny point. Um, I mean, you did listen to the game, though, so you do know some of what I'm saying. Some up. So I will admit this is not out of character for me at all. I fell asleep before it was over. 
Um, well, I made the mistake of getting in bed while I was watching it. And as always, with whenever I watch any SFA games on TV, I don't want to listen to their broadcasters talk. I want to listen to Rob. But 100%. The, time, the timing of Rob is not always matching the play feed that I'm watching. So, and with with basketball, it's not as big of a deal because I, I understand what's going on regardless. So if it's a possession or two off, you know, I can sync it up in my mind. But on football, and it is, football slower than basketball, so it wasn't as significant of a difference. But it was a little confusing because I just don't, I get the general gist of what's going on. I just don't understand all of it. Anyway, but um, oh my gosh, he was cracking me up. So literally, like, as soon as I tune in, he's like... <laughs> I mean, it's the best quotable thing ever. He's like, so he's like, it's really hot today. And the, um, apparently the, whatever, I don't even know what you would call it, but the, the space that he was sitting in to broadcast was not air conditioned, I guess. Oh, God. Um, it was like an open box. And he was like, so they, they say it's a, it's a dry heat here. It is but it's still very hot. <laughs> oh man, I was cracking up. Um, and then he was basically just kind of, I don't know <laughs> with his humor. He kind of reminds me of my dad because a lot of times I think he like throws unintentional shade, which I is what my dad true. does. I think, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. I really do. I think he knows exactly that he's throwing shade. Some of the stuff he says, I don't think he necessarily like does it on purpose to try to be like an instigator. It's just like his funny, like deadpan hot take on what's happening. Cause he was like, so it's very brown out here. So if you, if you, really, <laughs> if you really like a lot of brown, then you would think El Paso is beautiful. But <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I love Rob. Okay, so I would have 100% loved to and prefer to rather listen to Rob. But you're right because like watching the stream on the computer and then like listening to Rob, they weren't they weren't synced up. So like I'd be listening to Rob and he'd be ahead of the feed and I'm like, "No." So I had to turn Rob off and I hate it cuz those announcers were horrible horrible. Especially at the end of the game, they were being extremely rude. Like, well, I guess Coach Cardwell needs to just throw in the towel. I'm like, what the fuck? How dare you? I mean, yeah, we were down a little bit, but I mean, it wasn't a blowout. Like, I don't think it's wave the white flag blowout type of material. You know, give me a break. Anyway, okay. So let me go over some football stuff. So if you watch the game, you'll understand what I'm saying. If you didn't, then here you go. So first drive right out of the freaking gate. Running TD SFA. Loved it. I wish the entire game was all of that, was just all of that entire drive into the entire game. But we didn't get that. That's okay. But that first drive was so promising and would just was beautiful. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's our time. It's our time to shine. But we didn't get that the rest of the game. I mean, we had another score and that was fantastic and great um, in the first half. But obviously after the first half, after the first half, it just, 
it didn't happen for us. So um, let me let me kind of give you a couple other things before we talk about more about the game, though, before I freaking forget. First of all, how about those icy white jerseys? Icy white uniforms. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I did like the uniforms. Oh, I wasn't super crazy about the helmets, but I think we have that note. We'll, we'll get to the helmets. Oh, yeah. We'll get to the helmets. Don't worry. We'll talk about the helmets. Get to the helmets. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Icy white jerseys. Big check. Like, check, check, check. Okay. We did have the new logo on the helmets. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. Coach Carthel had on his shield again. Um, so he's he mentioned the shield thing. He's like, I can't do the mask. Like, I the, I want the players to see, like, my face and to see my mouth and, like, to see what I'm saying. So he's all about the shield thing, which I think is so fun. And it's so funny. And it's so Coach Carthel. Like, if you know the guy and you've heard him speak, you know he's a complete goober. But, like, so funny. And I think the shield just totally works for him. Um, so there was a lot of things during that chat, that uh, chat with the Jacks thing that he mentioned that I wrote down too. That that wasn't I didn't write it down during the game. Uh, one thing he mentioned was that UTEMP has twenty more scholarship positions than us, so they have eighty-seven total scholarship positions available. So that's these are just yeah, so these are just things that like. For those who are just like, I can't believe we lost that game. These are things to keep in mind. Like, yes, they're an FBS team. Okay. Yes, they may not be the best FBS team in the world, but they also do have more money. They have more resources and they have more scholarship positions for players. So obviously they're going to have a little bit more talent than us. Just some things to keep in mind. Okay. I mean, that probably would have normally been a buy game for us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it, yeah, it would definitely not been like caliber of like a TCU or SMU game, but definitely it would have been, it, it probably might've been a buy game to be fair. I don't know if it was, but. Might not have been. Well, I'm positive it wasn't this year because nobody has extra funds to do that, but. Right. Right. But normal tag that we get on a buy game, but I feel like we probably still would have gotten a little bit to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coach Carthel during the chat with the Jackson also mentioned a few things, which I wrote them down as well during the game, but he kind of solidified it. Uh, The first thing was the third down defense was not what it should be. And I 1000% agree with that. The third down defense was just, was not good at all. I mean, they gave up too many, Uh, Third down conversions, Um, there was no stops on third down, especially in that second half when UTEMP really came came for our throat. Um, I mean, there were zero stops on third down. I would have to check the stats again, but I'm pretty sure they converted on almost every third down, maybe except for a few, a couple. Um, The kick return game wasn't what needed or wasn't up to snuff, and it needs work as well, which I agree is 100%. there were 68 players that traveled to the game on SFA side. 47 were freshmen. So I, th- I think you said they were freshmen or sophomores, but still very impressive. Yeah, like they were – I thought he said freshmen only, but, I mean, he, it might have been freshman, sophomore. But, yeah, like they're all young. Like the, not, like the majority of our team is still extremely young, extremely young. 
Okay. So you have to keep these things in mind. And if you're still thinking like, oh, like we should have won the game. You know what? You're right. It was a totally winnable game. I will give you that. It was a totally winnable game, but it's not winnable when you have as many turnovers as we did, when you had an interception, when there were miscues from our quarterback, which I will say the quarterback did look better, but his passing game is still not what it should be. It's still not there yet. I had some flashes of like hope and prosperity in the first half of the game in the first quarter, but then he just kind of reared its ugly head again from the horrible passing game that he had last season. So yeah, I, I really need to work on that. Um, need to apply more pressure on defense. Uh, the D line did do a pretty good job. Like there were multiple QB rushes and one and a couple hurries and one QB sack, but I feel like, they still need to work. I mean, we do need to keep applying pressure, especially when it's on third down. Like if it's a third down conversion and I mean, they're on and it's like one yard, two yards to the first down marker. Like that's when you really need to put your freaking foot on the gas and apply pressure hardcore. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Just too many mistakes. I mean, we ended up obviously losing 24, 14. The, I will say though, overall, Coach Carthel felt good about it, minus obviously the fact that we lost. I feel good. I felt good about it, even though we lost as well. So I feel like we're on the same kind of playing field there. Um, you know, there were there were sparks of positives. Like, for example, that first drive I mentioned, um, our the first defensive stand, we stopped them, like cold turkey. They got nothing. We held them to a field goal, basically. Um, the second running touchdown we had from SFA – Trey looked good so far at that point, and that was towards, like, the second quarter. Um, he did have an incomplete pass. That was his first, but I'm pretty sure that was a the first one in the game. And I mean, it was a pretty big mistake. Like, he should – I mean, it should not have been an incomplete pass. Um, he basically – it honestly could have almost been a turnover slash uh, fumble scoop and score, but it wasn't, thank God. Um but he basically threw the ball down like he was going to ground the ball. And if he wasn't lucky, it could have been a easy scoop and score for the other team. Um, number 69, it looks like he got injured during the game. But I think I mentioned or coach mentioned during the Jack chat thing, the chat with the Jacks, that he was he's fine. Um, he came in a couple other times during the game, but like they didn't want to, you know, put pressure on it and, or cause it to cause him to be injured again, or, you know, harsher injury. Um, again, fumbled the ball, almost scored, happened a couple times. We let them run the ball way too much in the second half in the third quarter. I mean, we were just giving up yardage. Like we were bleeding yardage. Like it was nothing. Um, Definitely third quarter, UTEP made adjustments. Like, they made adjustments at halftime, and, and we didn't. It's it's pretty simple. Like, they executed the game plan, and we didn't. Face, that's just what happened. Um, we got intercepted in the fourth quarter. I mean, literally in the red zone. Yeah, it was horrible. A um, few other things I want to mention about football, then we'll move on, is Coach Carthel did mention that they were tested three times for COVID three times, three times. He was like, there was no safer place in Texas than on that football field because they were tested three times, not just the players, not just the coach, but literally every single person on that field, the refs, 
the coaches, the players on both sides, the staff, like anyone who was on the field were tested three times. And absolutely none of those people had COVID the entire time. So when he says that that's the safest place in Texas is on that football field, I mean, I have to believe that 100%. I mean, if they're testing these players that many times before a game, are you kidding me? What? You know? Yeah. Crazy. I was dying during the chat with the Jacks when he was telling Caleb about the testing, and he was like, Oh, I know. Yeah, uh, have you been tested yet? Because you should try it out. It's really fun. And he was like, you could come up here and video <laughs> us getting tested. And he was like, they they go in so far, they don't only just like swab you for COVID. He was like, they, they could give you your IQ. <laughs> they literally stick that thing so far up your nose. I mean, they can tell you what your IQ is on the darn Q-tip. Just oh my so- God. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those Coach Carpool you know, moments. And I was just like, God bless, God bless. Um, I also will say that the offensive line didn't get manhandled. I mean, they kept Trey upright. I don't think there was any QB stacks on our side. If I can recall correctly, I didn't write anything down. I mean, we, there was a lot of QB rushes and that kind of led to obviously some fumbles and miscues from, from Trey, um, which is the quarterback. Um, but I don't think he ever got sacked, if I can recall. I would have wrote it down, but I don't think he did. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's just be fair. Anything that the anything that the Jacks are playing right now is just bonus football. Like, this season, any of these seasons that football, volleyball, any of the teams that are playing right now, just think of it as bonus. Like, 100%, none of these seasons, there's a chance that none of these were going to happen. Like, nothing. Nothing. You know, so anything that we're playing now is just an absolute bonus. I mean, we should be blessing the football and sports gods right now for giving us sports, for giving us football, especially here in SFA, because there's a lot of schools and a lot of teams, their fans and their athletes and their athletic departments are suffering right now because they're not playing. They're not playing. There's nobody. I mean, no Big Ten. You know, there's a lot of other schools that don't have any sports right now and, you know, no Pac-12, no pack no this, no that. I mean, so we should be extremely blessed. I just did a, another blessing that we're playing sports right now. Yeah, it may not look like the way that we want it to look. Yeah, you may have to wear a mask if you come to a game in person. But these are just the things we have to do in order to have sports. And if you don't like it, then you can freaking watch from home. Like, simple as that. Um, so let me quickly kind of update and give you guys a upcoming game thing. So there's no football this weekend. Um, actually, Coach Carthel said that they were only going to be practicing, I think, on Tuesday and Thursday of this week. Because um, I think they're doing a lot of, like, preparing, you know, videoing and all the other kind of stuff outside of practice, like field practice. Um but anyway, so the upcoming UTSA game, few notes on that. First of all, we're playing UTSA on September 19th at 2 o'clock. Obviously, UTSA is University of Texas at San Antonio. We're going to be playing at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Um, let's see. This will serve as the conference opener. Oh, I'm sorry. Back up. This was... <laughs> 
this was filled. This was supposed to be our conference opener against Lamar, but because we're not playing conference this season, just slid, you know, slid the roadrunners right in there. Um, Let's see here. Yes, it will take place in the Alamo Dome. The contest will mark a return home for UTSA's first-year head coach, Jeff Trailer, who played at and earned both of his undergrad and graduate degrees at SFA. So that's kind of like a fun little cool tidbit about the upcoming UTSA game. There's a few other things I wrote down about the UTSA stuff. Um, I went to UTSA's website to kind of see what their plans were for football attendance. So they kind of have a comprehensive plan about um, attendance there. So the plan, which will allow attendance at a reduced capacity of 17% and with physical distancing measures follows all state local health uh, directives. Um, So based on those, obviously attending the game face coverings are required. So if you're planning on going to the Alamo dome to watch the game, you have to wear a face mask, except obviously if you're eating or drinking in your seat, all guests will be subject to a temperature test prior to entry. Anyone displaying a temperature over 99.6 will be taken to a secondary private area for more screening. Um, The Alamo Dome has implemented updated protocols for all concession areas. Uh, Let's see, let's see. I mean, it just goes into every single thing you can think of about the upcoming game. So if you're thinking about going to the game, there are tickets available. Like you can go to the game. Obviously it's reduced capacity. Obviously you have to wear a mask, but you still can potentially get into the game. Uh, If you can't go to the game, if you'll be watching from home, you can watch from home. It's planning to be aired on ESPN three or ESPN plus. So hopefully I think I read ESPN three somewhere, but it's possible either one. Um, UTSA is a, obviously UTSA is favorited, which that hurts a little bit, but they are favorited. They are 93.4% favorites. How dare you? I know. (laughs) Hey, but again, like, let's revisit what what was the favorite percentage of the Duke game? I know, I know, I know. I totally wanted to do another one of those posts where I post the, the ESPN like power index, like percentage thing. And then post that gift from uh, Dumb and Dumber. It's like, so you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Because, yeah, I mean, there's always a chance, guys. There's always a chance. Even if we're not favorited in any of these games that we're playing football-wise, there's always a chance, obviously. We've we've seen it before. So, um, in 2019, though, UTSA was only four and eight, and they did beat UTEMP and Rice. Those were like kind of like their bigger, their bigger wins of the season. Um, so, yeah, UTSA. It does say ESPN three or plus. So I just want to make that clear. You can listen to it on Ticket Seven Sixty AM. Um, it is presented by UB. The Q1077 app always has Rob's feed. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but if you're, I mean, if you're in the Alamo area, the San Antonio area, you can listen to it there or you can listen to it with Rob. I obviously recommend the Rob one, but I mean, not everybody knows that. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, upcoming game for UTSA, they're 2019. Like I said, they were four and eight in 2019. They scored 20.3 average total points per game. Um, They had a 55, let's call it, fourth down percentage efficiency 
uh, or I'm sorry, uh, first down efficiency percentage. Um, let's see. They had a approximately 2,200 net passing yards and uh, rushing yards almost 2,000 as well. I mean, so they're, they're not like a team that you want to just write off. Like, they're a really good team. Um, let's see here. Any other fumbles? Turnover ratio. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at all the stats on ESPN to see kind of what we're up against. Like I said, pretty decent team. You know, nothing to, like I said, kind of just slough off. They're going to be a pretty good team. So, Jacqueline, how do you think sports are doing so far? I mean, again, like I said, anything right now is just like freaking bonus sport. So, yeah, I was totally going to say, I mean, at this point, like, it, it's just not even near the norm to, like, really get super involved and have the normal expectations. And um, I don't mean involved in, in a bad way. I'm just saying there's there hasn't been enough of the normal right. um, playing and games to get yeah. invested and give, um, you know, feedback on. Because uh, it's been nothing close to normal, um, so oh. this, yeah, anything's extra and bonus and right. Happy that we that we can afford um, to do the testing and the protocols for them to be able to even do what they're doing now. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Them and healthy and uh, you know, because one of our podcasts at the end of last season, we talked about briefly and you know, Ryan Ivy was the one who said it like, um, and may- maybe he needs to go buy some lottery tickets or something. Cause I don't know. I mean, he didn't predict this, but remember him saying like, no matter how good of a staff we have and what good coaches we have and stuff, like if we don't have athletes, we don't have anything. Um, hundred percent. Yes, it's like, you know, now's definitely, we were already on that page with our athletics administration and staff, but you know, for any, any people out there who just think, oh, it's just a game. It's just this and that. Like these, these are actual kids. These are actually, actually students. They're student athletes. These are actual people who have to be protected and be safe and healthy for us to be able to keep doing this. Um, so just any, anything that we have at this point, like I'm, I'm proud that they're doing it. And this is a super not normal college experience, like especially for the freshmen. I mean, you think, you know, you're going to go get to start, playing a collegiate sport your freshman year and have all these fun experiences. And, and yeah. like coach, what I was saying when he was talking about soccer, he's like, you know, th- these kids aren't good to do anything. Like they are, they're going out, they're going around other people. Like they're going to practice They're And I'm, I'm pretty sure most of the students SFA are kind of half and half on doing some classes in person, socially distanced, and then some online. Yeah. Um, so they're, yeah. they're really getting totally robbed of the normal, um, right. college, normal college experience. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he said like, they literally go to practice, they go to class, they go get their food and they go back to their room. Like they don't go do anything else other than that. And that's, you know, obviously they're in season. So that's probably what they normally do, but they're not getting the, you know, the other experiences that normally, you know, college students get during the year, which is unfortunate, but hopefully, you know, next year will be a little bit different. They'll be able to do that kind of stuff. Like this won't last forever type thing. You know, they'll still be able to <clears throat> have those experiences. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think, 
for what's going on and what's happening, I think the teams are doing pretty good. I think everything's going pretty good. Um, I do want to say, bring up real quick, um, that there still is the Raise the Axe campaign, and you can still donate to the Purple Lights Fund. So the goal of the Raise the Axe campaign basically is to help the SF Athletic Department navigate the significant financial challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic and position all lumberjacks for future success. So basically, they're just doing a, you know, a campaign to raise money. I think their goal is to raise $100,000 by December. And so at the moment, I have it pulled up right now and about uh wow, it changed since I've been on here. So it was about 9,000 when I logged on earlier. Now it's at 9,350. So about 23 donors already have donated. They're at 10% of their goal. There's still obviously time. They, it's gonna The campaign ends December 31st. There's 112 days remaining. I mean, even if you give like $5, $5 is five more dollars than what they had a minute ago. So, I mean, all of that money adds up and it all helps and it's all critical to the success of the student athletes and uh, SFA athletics. So uh, where were we? Do you, uh, do you want to throw in the, the teamworks before oh, we yeah. take a break? Yeah. Yeah. So quickly the teamworks thing, the athletics um, is doing what they, what they call teamworks. So this is a partnership with teamworks. SF athletics is pleased to announce that they have partnered with this uh, athletic engagement platform for collegiate and professional organizations. So they will use Teamworks core offerings to streamline critical communications and establish operational consistency across department and team logistics. So they'll leverage Teamworks academics to prioritize academic success for their student athletes. So I mean, it's just they're what they're doing is they're they're basically just a. Uh, you know, encouraging more communication and engagement, and then also making sure that the academics is prioritized for their student athletes. And they're using this Teamworks um, kind of program, this platform, engagement platform to kind of do this. And obviously, Teamworks with Teamworks academics, um, it'll just simplify all the logistics around academic support, prioritizing academic outcomes across all the sports. Um, academic advisors, you know, are basically getting better insights to their student athletes calendars, minimizing no shows and cancellations. Basically, what this tells me is that they're doing whatever they can do to make sure what happened um, with with uh the student athletes, why we lost all those damn wins for basketball and football doesn't happen ever again to make sure that everything is consistent across the board, that there's no issues, that there's no, um, oh, you weren't supposed to play or because you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Um, it's maintaining study halls, attendance, all this stuff across the work, across the platform, across everything, which I mean, Kara, who's the, compliance director at SFA basically said this will improve the cross-functional alignment by integrating our academic staff and tutors into the broader operations of our athletic department. So again, they're making sure that that what happened with APR and all this stuff doesn't happen again at SFA. So critical. There's a lot of professional teams that use this, a lot of other collegiate and professional conferences that do that use this. Um, yeah. So 
So it, yeah, and it basically, like, I would love to see the dashboard and see what it looks like because um, it, yeah. it sounds a lot like um, a kind of a project management tool. Um, yeah, yeah, which is what we use at my job that I pushed forever for us to get. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's such a great idea because something like that just to integrate everyone's involvement within an app that yeah you can keep up with everything in one place, especially with this generation. Like if you stick it all in an app to where they get notifications and whatnot and can keep everything in one place to keep up with. I mean, you're only that is work smarter, not harder to the max, which is like oh, one yeah. of the top phrases. So I think it'll really be super, super helpful and put everything in one place and make it more efficient and keep people accountable because then you've seen it if it's in there, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, just looking at their website, I mean, some of the schools that use it, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Clemson, Oregon, OU, Michigan, Ole Miss, like there's a lot of teams that use this. I mean, there's also professional teams like um, looks like the San Francisco 49ers use it. The Red Sox use it. Dallas Stars use it. Um I believe that's the Tennessee Titans logo. Um, USA Swimming use it. USA Soccer uses it. March Madness, uh, Pac-12, Big Ten. I mean, this is something that a lot of professional organizations and teams and huge programs use anyway. So why not? Why not? Love it. Love it. Okay, so we are going to take another quick break and we will come back in a moment and we will finish up our podcast and wrap things up with a few other uh, fan questions and comments. We'll give a quick basketball update and then we will also kind of talk about what's coming up uh, game-wise. What are some upcoming football and uh, basketball? Not basketball. Not yet. Not yet, Alex. Oh, God. I'm just used to saying basketball. Uh, But stick around. We'll be right back. All righty, Jack fans, back for the last and final segment. We're going to try and uh, zoom through this so that you're not listening to us freaking talk for three hours, but we'll do our best. So my dad's laughing at me. That's not very nice at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so fan questions or comments. The first one was, do we have any transfers for b-ball slash who are transfers for basketball? What are they like, et cetera? Um, Quick FYI, we are going to do a a kind of State of the Union basketball, more deep dive, in-depth kind of podcast once we know when the season will actually start because it's still kind of up in the air. We're not quite sure um, when the season will actually kind of begin. There's been a few ideas thrown around that like after Thanksgiving or, um, you know, because I guarantee that it's not going to start where it, when it said originally. Yeah. It start. Like, I determine on that. So for now, we'll just I'll just quickly name who the known transfers are. We aren't going to really go into a lot of detail on them because, like Alex said, we'll do a full out podcast on that later. However, yeah. here are the new, as far as we know, we will have two who are transfers, who are JUCO transfers. Um, we have Nigel Hawkins, who's a JUCO transfer from UTEP. Um, which I'll just quickly say this was like a really big win for us because I think at the beginning we thought he wasn't going to be eligible um, this yes. first season. 
Uh, and we did end up getting the waiver for him to be eligible. So that's like a huge win. He's a guard. So that'll be helpful. Um, agreed, the other agreed. I'm equally, maybe even more excited about his name is DeAndre Hickard and he is a Juco transfer from TJC and was a former teammate of Cam. They played together at TJC. So I'm just, that's all you got to say. You know, he's going to be good. Um, Literally. And we are so excited for those two. Like, especially DeAndre. I mean, obviously Hawkins too, but like, I love how they're both last name H. But anyway, um, like, and with the chemistry that him and Cam are going to have from have already played together. Like, I just can't. That's the main thing I was going to mention was the fact that him and Cam have already played together. And so, you know, like, you know that they have that chemistry. They have that kind of like on court presence and they kind of like know where each other is. Like if you watch NBA, it's almost, almost like, you know, the guard and like the post player, like they just have that chemistry where like, I know when you're going to throw up the ball so I can slam, like I can throw it down kind of a thing. You know, they just have that, you know, sixth sense type of, you know, ESP type uh, relationship. I, I have a feeling that's what it's going to be like. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I can't wait either. Um, so then our other three new players are all freshmen. We have uh, Jalen Posey, who is a huge recruit. We'll go into all his stats later. Um, Russell Hyman. And then uh, Nana. I'm not even going to attempt to butcher his last name because Alex and I got to like get him to tell us how to say it correctly because I do not yep. know how. No idea. Um, but Nana, I mean, if you know, you know, he's from NHS. His dad teaches at SFA. Um, so we're super excited to have Nana. So th- those are our new new news. Nana, yeah, like I said, mentioned earlier, we're going to go over all of this stuff whenever the season actually gets ready to start. So whatever month the season starts, like a few weeks before that, we'll do our preseason State of the Union type podcast. Um, next question was about the logo on the helmet. And here we go. Here we go. So there were so many people who were like up in arms and were going back and forth about the logo on the football helmet. So I decided during the football game to do a poll. So 40 people voted. I said, hey, Jax or so Jax, how are we feeling about the icy white uni helmet logo? The options were hate it, change it back, love the update, meh, it's a helmet, whatever. Er, and then the last option was there was football on TV. So <laughs> <laughs> so 40 pe- 40% said hate it, change it back. 27.5% said love it. 30 said meh, it's a helmet. And 2.5 actually said there was football on TV. So oh gosh. <laughs> I know, which I'm not surprised they were confused. Uh, but it's interesting that 30% there was a larger percentage of people that said, whatever, it's a helmet, then said, love it, like, keep it. Yeah. But the biggest percentage said, hate it, change it back. So there was a big chunk of people who just were not feeling the new logo on the helmet, which I did say a couple times, like, it may also have been because of the fact that the feed wasn't that great. So maybe the fact that you just couldn't really see the football helmet close up and like clear, maybe could, you know, that alters it. So I did post a picture of closer view of the helmet on Twitter to see if that helps. I mean, when you see the helmet close up, it looks better. I'm just not sure if I like it better than the Texas SFA logo. I just, 
I pretty much agree with you. This is my like super short hot take and like take it with a grain of yeah. salt because nobody, yeah. nobody pays to make these decisions. So no one gives a shit what I have to say. But I, listen, I, I like the new athletics logos. Um, my just my personal opinion is I, I feel like they were stated a secondary logo and I don't necessarily think a secondary logo should be on a uniform or a helmet. I think that's where we need to have our primary university logo more easily visible recognizable and more consistent that's just my opinion because that one doesn't translate that well on a helmet you can't really see it you don't necessarily know what it is i think it's more for like t-shirts and general fan merch not necessarily for stuff that's public facing of the team no but you and i are on the same page for sure on this like I mean, and a lot of other people, a lot of other fans kind of said the same thing. So we're kind of echoing their exact remarks. You know, it just doesn't look, first of all, recognizable because everybody knows the SFA logo. Like, you know, it. you know, Nate Bain made that abundantly helpful and clear last year. Like everybody knows the SFA logo. So changing the logo on a main uniform, like especially a helmet, I'm just not sure. I think... I just don't, I, I, I like the logo itself. I just don't know if it looks good on the helmet. This doesn't seem it fits right. I mean, like the sticker almost looks too big for that side. I, it's like too long. I don't know. I, I agree though. I think that that secondary logo, it is a secondary logo. I think the primary honestly should stay on the, the helmet. But I also did say like, there are three other uniforms. Like it's completely possible that there are three separate logos on each of the helmets. Um, and I think they are. I think all the other helmets are are different. So yeah. I, that might be the so, helmet that has. The right. So, but those icy white unis, though, as a whole, like talk about drool, you know. So we'll just have to wait and see what else is on the other helmets. Um, the next one, kind of like a quick question, like talking about like the protocols and. Uh, things like that. So I wanted to kind of quickly bring up the game day guide, the game day guide. So with that, um, SFA posted, and I also shared it on our, on our social medias as well. They posted the um, kind of like the game day guide to get everybody ready to attend the fall sports, meaning like football, volleyball, soccer, Um, obviously cross country isn't really a sport that you necessarily attend um, unless they have a match in like an event, a meet in NAC, which they did already. So I don't know if they're going to do any more. Anywho, um, regardless. So they did post it. They did say what the, what the fall 2020 different venue capacities are for each sport. Like for example, football, it'll be 7,000. Volleyball is 401 and soccer is 375. Um, it also says all season ticket holders as of nine one are included in the capacity sold and will gain admission. They have a limited number of single game day tickets for sale online until they're sold out. So the best way for you to make sure that you are guaranteed into that darn stadium, into that darn complex is to get season tickets. So if you don't have season tickets, I highly, highly recommend you go online and you get them now. Okay. So obviously things like ticketing by going mobile gives you the best pricing and it gets you, you know, you don't have to exchange anything. You just have to show your phone and you get it scanned. Um, Obviously if you're sick or you have symptoms of COVID, 
don't go to the games. Yeah, don't come. That's pretty freaking self-explanatory, okay? Um, Obey the social distancing markers that are on the grounds. Like, they've taken the time and the consideration to go to all the different facilities, all the different all the different areas and sports complexes and and install all these different things around them to make sure that we're being socially distant and that we're being safe. Um, On game day, as you arrive, you will notice that there's different signage meant to help keep you socially distant. Don't move anything. Don't move anything. Don't move any signage. Don't touch it. Don't even breathe on it. If you need (laughs) help, ask. Okay. And obviously the most important thing that while you're there, you have to wear a mask. Masks are required at all times for all people. It says that bold. Masks are required at all times for all people. Those who are caught not wearing a mask risk removal and being banned for the entire 2020-2021 season. Don't, okay. don't do that person. I have to make a super quick comment. What I should know this guy's name, but I don't. What is that like super famous uh soccer player that all the girls go gaga over Christian Ronaldo okay did you see the little clip of I don't even know what he was at but he was at some event and this poor little woman worker had to go up and tell him to put his mask on because he was sitting in the stands without his mask yes 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 I did I was sitting there like what is she talking about yes 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 yes. for the girl who has to go up to um him and I tell them volunteered. Listen, number two, if y'all saw that, if you think, what, how do you say his name again? Christian, Christian Ronaldo. Yeah. Listen, if if he is not above having to put on his mask, you better believe your sweet ass that when you come to the SFA game, you better put on your damn mask. Yeah, you're not that important. You may think you are, but you're not above the rules and regulations and protocols that if you want to come to an SFA game at home. Or wherever, you better follow the rules. Otherwise, you risk, again, being kicked out for the entire season. And I don't think you want to be that person who makes a scene. If you're one of these little protesters who wants to protest wearing the mask and take your freedom back, then feel free to do that. But know the consequences are that you may not get to come to any more games. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, like, obviously, again, like, I just have to say, like, I'm not saying that I agree with the whole don't wear a mask, your freedom thing. I mean, I understand their argument. Do I think it's right? Not necessarily. No. I get what they're saying about freedoms and stuff like that. Because yes, we all have freedoms and you should do whatever the fuck you want to do. But when it comes to people's safety, you might as well just freaking do it. Because when you there are restrictions to some things and if you disagree with those restrictions then you don't have to go to those events exactly um so it says permissible uh permissible face coverings include gaiters and face shields along with over ear masks so if you do want to wear a face shield or a gaiter go for it obviously over ear masks as well um they will do all seating is in all seats in general admission our first come first serve also um you'll be you will see seats blocked off in groups of two to six to accommodate various group sizes. Um, again, the best way to ensure you get in the gate is to have a mobile ticket. So just do the mobile ticket option. Like it's the easiest way to work. Post game departure, we will have a PA and scoreboard where possible announcements directing you to the nearest exits as you leave our facility. Please do not congregate within the venue. Clear out the stadium. 
as quickly as possible. Don't just mill about. <laughs> Get the hell out. Bye. Okay. So I just wanted to share that. If you haven't, if you want to see it up close, um, go on to our Facebook, go on to Athletics Facebook. Um, I'll share it again on our Facebook page just so that you can see it and read it and understand it. Literally live it, love it, learn it, just know it. So that way, none of this. And, and if you're asking, oh, is this going to be the same thing for basketball? Chances are yes. Highly, highly chances are yes. So just get used to it. Okay. And to the foreseeable future, just get used to it. If you want to go to a game, you got to wear a mask. That's it. Okay. Um, COVID's impact on sports in general. I'm not going to go too much into this just because we've talked so much about COVID already. And I just don't want to give it any more life. Like I want it to die. So yeah. Yeah. But obviously COVID's had a huge impact on sports in general, as we can see, like you honestly have to be living under a rock to not, to not understand the deep, deep, deep impact that COVID is having on sports in general and not just professional sports, but also like collegiate sports as well. Um, Because with collegiate sports, collegiate sports, if there's no athletics or sports happening, that's a huge like budget, like shot in the gut um, for institutions and programs. And so when sports aren't being played, like that's a huge budget reducer and like for the school itself as well and for the local economy that the schools are at. And so it's just, that's almost like a trickle down effect. The same thing for pro sports too. I mean, when, when there's no baseball, when there's no football, when there's no basketball, um, you know, it, people, people, you know, drive into those games. They drive into Houston to go watch the Astros. They drive to Dallas to go watch, you know, the Mavericks play. Like people go and they stimulate the economy by going to all these different sports games. And when there's no sports games being played in those specific cities and those different areas, like the economy is going to freaking tank. So, I mean, there's been a huge impact on sports, but not just sports. I mean, there's been a huge impact on everything in general. I mean, just everything. So, I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, 2021, we'll see a different turn, a different light, and things will start to look up and on a more positive side, and we can hopefully kind of get back to normal or some semblance of normalcy. Because I'd really, I know it. I know a lot of people like say like, oh, new normal. And I honestly, Jacqueline, I, I know you probably have a different take on this, but I hate that. I hate that word so much. The new normal. I hate it so much. I hate it because this is not normal. This is not normal. I don't want this to be normal. I want things to go back, even if it's not 100% the same as what it was before, because we're more like aware of germs, which people should have always been aware of germs. Like if you didn't freaking wash your hands before this, you better sure as shit wash them after this. Um but I just hate the fact we call it the new normal. Like I don't want to call it normal at all because it's not normal. It's not normal for us to freaking not be able to go and do the things we want to do or see the people we want to see or hug people or, you know, go drink a beer at the local bar. If you want to drink a beer or, you know, walk into yeah. a grocery store and grab a carton of milk without having to put on a mask and, you know, sweat your balls off. Like that's not normal. And I don't necessarily mind the term new normal when it's a situation that's like changing for the better or that has changed and will not change back. But I feel like this is this is a temporary thing that's going right. to eventually get better. So yes. Yeah. You know, with you, I don't I don't want to pretend like this is how it's going to be forever because it's that's not. my thing. And that's my thing. Like when it comes to COVID stuff, like I don't want this to be how we are forever. Now, like when it comes to stuff like 
maybe we should have always people been washing our hands. Like hopefully your new normal is fucking washing your hands. <laughs> putting on a, 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 a sanitizer, like for at least for God's sakes, like if that's your new normal, great, never stop. You know what I mean? Or maybe we should always pay attention to, um, you know, what people, you know, sharing drinks and things like that. Like that probably is gross anyway. Why do we do that? Cause we just don't think about it, you know, like stuff like that. But when it comes to like, you know, wearing a mask every single day or not being able to hug my friends or not being able to go seeing my niece and nephew every weekend or whatever it may be like, that is not normal for me. And I will, I refuse. I absolutely refuse to live my life and not be able to go travel and do things like absolutely freaking not. Absolutely not. Like, so moving yeah, on, no. I go off on another tangent. Okay. Yeah. Talk, 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 go, go ahead, Jacqueline. Go ahead. I was going to say a, a few of the small things uh, like social distance wise, I was already doing before, like IE uh, standing six feet away from someone in the grocery line at the store. Like I, we were, I was already doing these things. Like, why is this new news? Like I just, right. if I don't, you, I don't want you breathing on the back of my neck. I don't want to be standing in your space. Like why, why is this new person? Yes. And then yeah. we'll still know how to do it. I just don't understand anyway, but that's a whole nother thing. So yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, what what else is going on? <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's quickly kind of give some props to uh, our boys, coach Wade and coach Cox. Ah! So after our, since our last podcast, they were named uh, the top five assistant coaches in the Southland, which is a hundred percent correct. Like they should have been one and two actually tied for number one. because They're both freaking amazing. And the fact that they weren't tied for number one is very insulting to me. I know. I know. Me too. Me too. But uh, they, they nailed it on them being in the top five for sure. And uh, another, another interesting um, thing is number two, I think he was number two in the top five was Brett Tanner, who's the ACU, but he used to be at SFA. So um, I'm really just going to claim three of the top five spots were SFA. Yeah. Well, they kind of were in a way. So in your face. All right. Uh, Next thing. Oh my God. The Kansas game. Oh my God. Okay, never mind. You want me to talk about the the because uh, you skipped over the first two points. Do you want to do oh, them now or stop. yeah, yeah, go back and talk about that. Go ahead. Okay, we'll take take the first one and then I'll do the second one. Oh, okay, so from what we know so far, I mean, it's most likely going to be possibly fifty percent attendance, like it is for the fall sports um, for basketball. So it's really important because obviously, guys, we've clearly moved on to basketball. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so we would highly encourage you guys to definitely, if you have not purchased season tickets, like if you're not like a season ticket person, you're like, oh, because we don't go to all the games. Either just know that there's a chance that you may not be, get to go or hop on those single game tickets like immediately each time a game a home game rolls around. Because, again, the chances of you getting into the game if you don't have season tickets are small, you know, so just make sure that you do have season tickets if you want to go to the games. Um, and of course now Jacqueline is about to go off about this entire tournament thing that has been all over social media tonight. So just buckle up for five minutes. Yeah, I really am just curious and I haven't I haven't gotten as much feedback from other people as I was li- as I would like. I cannot talk today. Um, because I, I like like I was saying when we were talking about the kneeling during the game, like I very much um, 
open to hear what other people have to say because you know maybe what I have in my mind is a different narrative that's they're not including things I haven't thought about but um right. just, just my immediate hot take re- okay so back it up first of all the ACC today proposed and this is what I have on my little personal notes proposing huge ass tournament so basically <laughs> The ACC is like, hey, guys, um, we think it would be a really great idea instead of having the NCAA tournament have 64 teams for it to have all Division One teams, which is actually like 357 teams. But I think this year only 346 are eligible. Um, I swear to God, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I swear to God, if I see one more tweet or post that says, well, what about SFA? Shouldn't it be four? No, bitch. SFA's postseason ban is not this season. It is next season. So I swear to God, if I see one more person, one more person comment on something that says, oh, it should be four teams. SFA isn't eligible. I will honestly find where you live and come wring your neck because (laughs) 1,000%, you clearly did not, A, listen to our podcast about the postseason stuff, and B, you don't read. We don't have a postseason ban this year for the 35 millionth time. Anyway, continue. So, okay, so they are proposing this, that the NCAA tournament have every single D1 school included. Um, yeah, Jacqueline, let's do it. So I have not been able to find enough information because I, I don't think they've released like the entire proposal. So this is just an ESPN article. I don't um, think they have either. Um, I will say that I just saw a tweet. It's from nine hours ago, but it was a tweet from Jeff Goodman, Goodman hoops. He said this idea of every team being included in the NCAA tournament this year is spearheaded by Duke's coach K. Yeah. So that's what I was about to say. Oh, okay. ACC who proposed it and coach K is the one who has spoken out releasing a statement saying, and y'all know, y'all know, I love, I love my coach K. I mean, he is just my dude, but yeah. I just want to say, I disagree so strongly with him on this. I really do. Um, so he's saying there is no better way to celebrate the game than involving every team in the most prestigious basketball tournament on the planet. Okay, that right there, you're contradicting yourself. If it is the most effing prestigious tournament on the planet, why are we going to include everyone? I feel what? like this is like a participation trophy type thing. It's like everyone's invited. No, nah, bitch, you got to play. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. Everyone has the opportunity to be in it. But- yeah, you just got to win. Like everybody else. This is a competitive yeah. sport. You don't just get a okay. pass. I mean, I really could. I really could write a whole thesis on why I think this is the dumbest idea I have ever seen. I would like but, to see this entire thesis, please. Could I mean, you? I would, I would have a few major points of why I think it's dumb. Number one, it's no longer prestigious. No prestigious if you're going to involve everyone. Okay. Number two, it's already long as hell and some people by the time it gets to the end aren't even watching anymore because they're already watched out of basketball (laughs) 
Number three, people don't, we already have four play-in games to get to the 64 teams and people don't watch that shit. So do you think they're really going to watch an extra month worth of games to so play? It's gonna be March Madness is going to be spring madness because it's like literally the entire spring semester. No, they're not going to. And <laughs> people already don't watch games at the beginning of the tournament because there's a bunch of, I'm using air quotes right now. So I'm telling y'all so that you know and don't get offended. I'm just giving the narrative that some people say. Already at the beginning, don't people watch because there's a bunch of nobody teams or teams they've never heard of. So if you include all these freaking teams that no one's really ever heard of, do you think they're going to be watching this shit on TV? No. No, they are not. They are not. Um, and <laughs> Maybe they just all- figured that everybody is just so, like, sports, like, deficient right now that they'll just watch anything well but you know what and that's another thing that someone brought up however like by the time this happens uh like newsflash the nba is already playing the mlb is already playing tomorrow's playing sports are back like they might not be back full on force but like there's already sports on tv people are not like dying like they were when the last dance documentary came on and there was really no sports so people are not that bored um, and I mean, the, the, I'm just kidding. the only comment that I saw in support of this was, um, so a guy who I, I, I don't know him, but he's a friend of a friend who's very into sports. His name's Aaron Ferguson. He said, I actually think it's a neat idea given that a D one tournament really would only take like two months to pull off programs can still play meaningful season. And those TV deals would, net a really nice amount of money for everyone, which helps mitigate some of the losses for programs all over the country. It's a wild idea, but interesting one. However, I've stated this, and I did say that that's interesting, good thoughts, but here's my rebuttal to that. Like, it might give money to, it's going to make some money, but it's not going to be for everyone. The NCAA is going to make money, but you know what? Like, People, okay, the beginning games, and y'all, y'all know the few years that the last few years that we've been in the tournament. Where, where do our games come on? Do you think they're on our first round games? Do you think they're on CBS or do you think they're on TNT or TBS or any of that shit? No, they're on like yes, I don't even know. I don't even remember what these channels are called because they're like such obscure channels that like you might not even have it in your in your. Um, <gasps> I have an idea. Package, you know, so I'm like, I'm like TV. <laughs> do what? So I we're just like since we'll have so many teams playing, so we just like put like some games on HDTV, and they're like sponsored <laughs> by like the Property Brothers or something. <laughs> Even better, let's put one on like the Food Network or yeah, the Food Channel, Food Network, and have it like sponsored by Guy Fieri, and it's gonna be called the Flavor Town Competition. But it's like, really, I mean, if you're going to try, okay, first of all, that's a, that's a very nice thought, Aaron Ferguson. But number one, the ACC doesn't have two shits to give about how much money these other schools make or if they mitigate their losses. They could care freaking less. Um, I, I love Coach K, but he is not worried about SFA making up their money they lost during their season. He's not. It's not on his agenda at all. Um, they might want to make more money for them. They want to expand this tournament so they can get more teams in, but they don't care about the little people like us. Um, I mean, they, they shouldn't. That's not what he, he's getting paid to 
get Duke basketball to do well and make money. So why does he need to worry about us? Um, and already when these beginning first round, there, there's already so many games happening in the first round that even people like me, who I'm a basketball freak who wants to watch all game, every game, I'm going to watch maybe like two in the first round because they actually come on channels that I can watch and I actually care about who's playing. So people are not going to be watching this shit if we have that many games. They're not going to. Um, oh, my God. I'll give a few, a few thoughts from a few other people that we got feedback. Um, okay, so well, I was Peyton. Gonna, I was going to say the, the, the one that I just sent you. Um, another Jeff Goodman tweet. Cha-cha-cha-cha. People over here talking in the background like I'm not still talking on the podcast. Um, Jeff Goodman did another tweet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I said one mid-major athletic director to me on the ACC's proposal to include every team in the NCAA tournament. Quote, it makes us all look like clowns. End quote. <laughs> um, I mean. And, I, and, I, and, our, and our man Wade liked that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, Peyton had quite a lot of feedback. So I'll just give the high notes. He's like. When did Dave back? Uh, on on my timeline on my oh, Facebook. Okay, 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 okay. I was like, when did Dave? Okay. Yeah. So he said, first of all, because the ACC, I guess, for a while has been pushing for it to be bigger, and so he's like, this is basically like this is them like going balls out just so that this they're asking their- for everything, so that then a smaller expansion seems like it's inevitable because now they've asked for everything. So it's like it's like their bargaining chip. Um, to ask for everything so then they can get at least a little bit of an expansion. Right. Um, so, you know, he's saying they hope to get it expanded so they can get more teams in. Um, I, see it. I see it. Anyhow, um, but he was like, every team being included would be a terrible product. Not even Sam fans want to watch Sam play, and no one wants to watch them get beat by Duke by 40. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. We'd be adding in a ton of mediocre games that no one wants to watch. Um, anyway, that, that was his... His oh, main. Now, now I'm just that. reading all the comments on your thing, and I'm cracking up right now. Yeah. And then, uh, Caleb Beams said, "As a fan of HBU, which is nowhere close to being tournament ready, I agree. They've they've gone lost their marbles." <laughs> <laughs> he um, said, "Logical, and it's right." Right, and I and I asked. Uh, I was texting with our our friend and SFA alum and former. KTRE sportscaster Sean Clinch, what what he thought, and he basically was like, I I mean I don't see the literally don't see the point. Um, the NCAA is going to make money, but it would offset their losses, but it's not going to help anybody else. And it's uh, just what's the point? What's the point? I mean, no dumbest yeah. shit I've ever. Sorry, I'm, that's like another thing, another thing to consider too is like if they do do this, like first of all, when will they start it? Are they going to have to start this like in? In, 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 in March or, or in, um, in February. But then we have to think about like, if they're making it this big, how long is it really going to last? Like, is it going to last into, you know, April, May? And then you also have to think about like, well, these kids need to have an off season because how are they going to turn around and then start playing again in like October, November? Yeah, I think, well, I think too long of of a, of a season. That's what I'm saying. I wish 
none of the articles I've seen thus far, like release the full proposal, and, like their, their reasoning why and what, but I, I think one of their other points is that they're hoping to cut out the non-conference games at the beginning of the season. And so it would basically just be conference and then this tournament. And that would kind of, I guess, replace the non-conference games. Um, and I, I think one of the other things they tried to make about it was they try to make it seem like this is to protect the, um, the health more of the, of the students. And I'm like, you're, I mean, what, like you're playing a bigger tournament with more teams and more games, thus increasing your exposure to more people. So I don't, I don't understand how you can make any argument that it's helping the, I don't know. It just, none of it makes mean that they would totally do like a bubble scenario they would have to but then but then no what city what city and what state has the has the capacity and the facilities in one single city to accomplish this because that's in the article where it basically said the ncaa is like no we no dog we can't do it's no, dog, it's a no for me, you know, uh, Randy yeah. Jackson style. Randy Jackson. But that's what I'm saying. Because like, I mean, yeah. theory, if the NBA can't afford to put all of their teams in the bubble, how the F is the NCAA going to afford to put 350 teams in a bubble? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, in theory, I, I get what they're trying to do. Like, include everybody. Rainbows and butterflies. Like, in a perfect world. Yeah, let's freaking do it. Sure. But this is not a perfect world. This is not rainbows and butterflies world. We have to be logical here and we have to be smart about this, um, both financially and just, again, logically. Like, this just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Would it be no, fun? Would it be interesting to have a huge ass tournament like that? Yeah, it'd probably be really interesting, but it would never happen again because it would just wouldn't work. Like, it just, it would honestly, instead of it probably making money, it would probably lose money, to be fair. Oh absolutely anyway all right no. well no. yeah i agree i agree okay so let's go back to the kansas game real quick um obviously the kansas game as of right now is still on uh we did talk to kyle at the barbecue thing last week and he did express that he does believe that it will still happen the game but he's not sure, and he's not going to, like, say yes or no. He's not going to, like, because he has no idea. He literally has no idea about anything past, like, will there be fans there? Will there be tickets available? Will there be anything? Um, so he, and, and we asked him, like, what do you think? He's like, he goes, y'all, I have literally no idea. And he's like, I don't want to say wrong or right, yes or no, because he's I have literally no idea. So hopefully if it still happens, fingers crossed, if it still happens and they're going to allow fans in, Fingers crossed that we can actually find somehow to get a ticket to go and that we get to go because obviously, you know, we want to keep this tradition going. Then we went to Duke last year. We go to L we go to LSU. We go to Baylor, you know, all these teams and we've beat these games and we want to freaking do the same thing again. So this is another major bucket list college basketball uh, campus experience to have. Like this is literally this and Duke would be tied for number one on my all time like basketball bucket list. Yeah. So if, if it happens and fans are allowed, you better believe whatever we can do to be there. Like it's I don't yeah. care what I have to do. I mean, their their arena is obviously significantly bigger than Duke. I mean, their arena seats sixteen thousand three hundred. 
Um, so obviously there's a lot more opportunity to get tickets if there's even going to be tickets available. Um, that's the first like obstacle, honestly, is if the game is going to be played on December 29th. Yes. Okay, great. But will there be tickets available for opposing fans? And then if there are, how many are available? Um, it's just like, you know, that's what's the current issue. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, the last thing we want to talk about about basketball is that the Lumberjack basketball earned uh, team NABC team academic award. So um, a pair of Lumberjacks got on, <clears throat> were named to the NABC honor court. Those two Lumberjacks were David and Tyler. <laughs> so first of all, David and Tyler, the duo, both junior, juniors and Kenise majors, posted a 3.2 or higher GPA, um, which earned them that recognition of NABC uh, honors court. So that's basically what kind of gets you into that that selection process there. So just wanted to give them a quick little shout out saying, good job. Keep those academics up, keep those grades up and keep on keeping on. Okay. Um, all right. So last thing here, upcoming games for volleyball. I think Jacqueline already mentioned those games. Did you not the September 11th games at home? Um, I think you did, but I know there. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing at 2.30 and 6.30, right? Because for some reason I looked online and there was another time it said like 10.30, but I'm like, that's really early for a game. I don't think that that's accurate. So Yeah, I think it's 2.30 and 6.30 both days. So maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe they yeah, initially on, were going to do but Okay, so on the 11 to 12, it's both 2.30 and 6.30? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's I what so but, but Anyway, but they're at home. They're at home this weekend. Uh, both on the September 11th and 12th. An easy way to an easy way to know is if you want to go to the games, just go on to the ticket website and order yourself some single game tickets, unless you have um, season tickets. <clears throat> All right. And then, of course, like we said, the upcoming game for football is not this weekend, but next weekend they're playing UTSA in San Antonio, um, and then after that is. September 26th, they're playing SMU in Dallas. And then we finally have our first home game on October 3rd. We're going to play West Texas A&M at home at 4 o'clock. And then that next weekend on October the 10th, we're going to play San Angelo State at home as well. Um, and then the last two games that we have scheduled for the fall, which we're not sure if they're going to have any more games at all or if it's just going to be those games. Uh, one's on October 24th versus ACU. And this game is actually going to be played in Arlington at Globe Life Park. So it's, oh. yeah, so it's going to be on a neutral site, kind of like how SFA and Sam plays at NRG. Um, this game versus Abilene Christian is going to be at Globe Life Park. So that sounds fun. I mean, who knows? We may, we may go to that game too. We'll, we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. And then on November the 7th, which is, again, a Saturday at 2 o'clock, we're going to play Eastern Kentucky in Kentucky. So that's what's coming up for football. There's only two home games so far slated. And, again, that may be the only two home games we get this fall. Um, If that's the case, then that's the case. And who knows if we're going to play in the spring for football. I know Coach Carthel has kind of mentioned a few times that he's not for it. 
He thinks that that's the turnaround from playing spring ball to fall ball is just way too close. Um, It's just too much. And I would have to agree with him on that. I think that's kind of ridiculous to do that, but you know, I to say again, like Jacqueline always says, they don't ask me, they don't care about my opinion. Um, Anyway, so coming up, hopefully you guys have stuck around this long Uh, coming up for, Pardon me, Alex. We're going to have our, again, State of the Union podcast preseason when we actually know when the season will start. So as soon as we find out when the first game is for basketball, look for the upcoming State of the Union about Lumberjack basketball podcast. Um, And then lastly here, you guys are going to be so excited for us because we're going to be reunited again, Jacqueline and I, um, coming up in a little over a week we are going to have a board meeting on what is it September eighteenth? Uh, I think ninth. Yeah, it is eighteenth. Eighteenth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The ninth football game. Right. 19th is a football game, so it's the day before eighteenth. Yeah. So we're gonna have another uh, alumni board meeting actually in person. I think so. It's gonna be oh, so excited. We're excited about that. So excited! Like y'all don't understand. I mean, I'm glad we were still able to meet, even if it was virtually, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. So I'm, if we're able to do this in person, like I am going to be over the moon to see all of our friends and all of our uh, all alumni compatriots who don't live in, in um, who don't live in Nacogdoches, because obviously we have a group of people that live here, but there is a large number of them that do not live here. So it'll be nice to see everybody. It all right. Is- Totally distanced meetings, so before anybody gets all up in arms. Yes, they will do everything they need to do to make sure this is a socially distant meeting. So don't get your panties in a twist. Um, so as we leave you, just want to give you a couple reminders to, again, be present. So if you can come to games, come to games. Purchase season tickets. So if you can purchase season tickets and come to the games, even, I mean, and now it's still, there's still games to be played. So still, uh still attend those games. And if you can't go to the games, give them to a friend or donate them. Another reminder is to join the purple lights fund and give to the purple lights fund. Or again, you can also give to the raise the ax campaign, uh, which is easily, we can share that link again on all of our social media pages that you have that Uh, make sure you show your SFA pride, make sure you wear your apparel. And now that we have new logos and things, now's the best time to go buy a new apparel. You can get the new logo stuff at Jackbackers uh, specifically, and that store is also alumni owned. And then lastly, make sure that you, <clears throat> I think that was the last one, show your pride. Yeah, that was it. All right, good. So, man, that might be the longest podcast to date, to be fair. I really think it is. Yikes. We are sorry, so sorry. But at the same time, we're watch- sorry segments you can listen to it in segments and you don't have to listen to it all at once nah no 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 so if you stuck around this long uh let us know comment on the podcast and tell us you've stuck around this long we appreciate you being here we appreciate you listening um again there was just a lot to talk about i mean four sports basketball updates i mean there's just a lot to talk about because sports is back baby and we actually have stuff to talk about and to be fair, that's that's the first, like, all-encompassing sports podcast episode yeah. we've done. Yeah. So if we ever do this again, like, we may have to, like, split them up into individual ones where we're not, like, going over each sport all in one. We do them, like, separately. But we were just going to do football, but then I was like, we can't just do football. We have to include everybody. So 
gotta be fair here. <laughs> Anywho, all right, it's almost 11 o'clock. It's time to wrap this up and then we'll post this either tonight or tomorrow morning. So again, we love you guys. Thank you for supporting. Always support SFA if you can in some capacity, even if you just comment and like and share things on social media. That's that's good enough for us. Um, we love you guys. And always remember, Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks.